Hey everybody, this is Ash. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. And I'm joined by Jimin. Hi guys. Nat. Hey. And Jay. Hi, my mic was off. <laughs> <laughs> we are back, refreshed, rested, and ready. Does anybody have any New Year's resolutions that you're following up on? Self-improvement. Always. It's, it's always constant. Yeah. And always yeah. mentally, you know, especially you want to make sure that you're taking care of your body, but also your soul. I think a lot of people, they go, well, I want to just, you know, be physically healthy, but it's all about that mental health. So. I feel like that is a very popular one. But one that we also follow very closely is K-pop. A very close um, relationship with K-pop. And obviously a resolution is to continue following K-pop throughout the year. Um, We will talk about that in more detail later on in the podcast. But I wanted to ask you all, of course, over the holiday break, what were we what were you guys listening to? Were you guys listening to any K-pop at all? Were you listening to holiday tunes? Anything of that yeah. nature? Over my break, I was listening to a lot of stuff. So I listened to lots of holiday music, mostly. Probably, I like the classics. So I listened to like This Christmas, that kind of stuff. I don't know if you guys listeners out there know that that music, but... Those are some really good songs. Yeah. yeah, and I've been listening to, like I said, Nat King Cole. And then in terms of K-pop, I've been listening to lots of BTS for some reason. It's kind of strange, but lots of BTS. Um, but I've also been listening to, of course, Shiny. I've been listening to this song called Undercover off their Story of Light album. I like that song a lot. Of course, Too Fast has never gone out of the rotation. I use... It's called something ending scene there we go ending scene of course that's my joint i love that song but yeah that's mostly what oh and fancy i binged fancy i don't know why okay what about you nat so i was not very much in the christmas spirit which is weird because i love christmas like i start a christmas countdown in like march (laughs) i give i give everybody enough time to get over it before i start getting excited but i wasn't i didn't really have the christmas spirit I'll be honest. So the only Christmas songs I listened to were All I Want for Christmas Is You, obviously, because I wanted to help Mariah Carey get her record back. And so actually she made a new record by having like a number one single in four decades, which fantastic. And the Destiny's Child Christmas album, of course, love it. Every single song is my thing. And I really also like Little Drummer Boy by David Bowie. And I can't remember who he sings it with, but that's actually one of my favorite versions of that song. Uh, and Celine Dion also did a really good Christmas song. Oh, Whitney Houston. So, I mean, I listen to Christmas songs, but not that much. In terms of K-pop, ooh, I listen to Fancy. I listen to Astro's Blue Flame and also Atiza's Wonderland a lot. And because I actually really, really, really like those songs. And I feel like I've listened to them before, but... I stopped listening to them and then it sort of came back to me and I was like, these are actually really good songs. So I was listening to those. I listened to some EXO, of course. GOT7, A-Pink, Chunga, the, the regular stuff. I also, for some weird reason, I was listening to a lot 
Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball. I don't know why, but it was, I saw it in a fan video and I just started streaming that song like nonstop for some weird reason. But yeah, that was it for me, I believe. Yes. What about you guys? Jay? So, so K-pop wise, well, I don't know if it counts. Well, I guess it does because it was Twice's uh, like Breakthrough and Faking, Faking True. I listened to those a whole lot and fancy i like the lyrics <laughs> so that's why i listen to those i know like only two other people are probably gonna know but great guys their new mini with beyond you which was the boy song of 2019 that whole mini is good i think they got a lot of fans from that comeback so i listened to that a whole lot there's this group called argo <laughs> they have a song their title track was give me that i like that <laughs> song too and if you hear it you'll know why so that was basically it on the k-pop and then oh i listened to a lot of kira so i was basically on the k-pop side outside of that i listened to a lot of jolene because she's on tour now and her last album's pretty good also jukun it's like a big Chinese solo singer. There's this group called Rise that I just discovered. Some of their songs are kind of silly with the lyrics, but I think that's their endearing quality about them. <laughs> uh, outside of that, uh, I really don't know. Oh, I've listened to uh, Britney Spears' Glory. I finally got the CD and listened to it because like, she didn't promote that at all. <laughs> And so, um, so I've been listening to that, and I really, I like the music, I guess, more so than the lyrics with that. So that's all that I've been listening to. And so, Ash, what about you? Well, I didn't listen to a lot of music over the break, surprisingly. Um, did listen to some Christmas stuff, so like Mariah Carey's Christmas album that's like every year, and Whitney Houston. Some of Christina Aguilera's Christmas album from way back, and which is actually not that bad. And some little mix. They had a Christmas song, which was pretty good. And did I listen to any K-pop over the break? I think I listened to Fancy, and I think... I did, like, I had, like, a little, like, playlist and, like, kind of rotated through a few songs. So, like, I think it was, like, Fancy and Love Scenario and maybe, like, one other that I kind of, like, rotated through. But, yeah, I haven't really kept up with, like, a lot of the recent stuff. So, it's been a lot of, like, older things. So, stuff from, like, 2008 and 2009 that I've been playing off of, like, my old playlist from like that I keep in like my like external hard drive dungeon <laughs> so yeah so that's pr pretty much what like I've been listening to a lot of older stuff but it was a good break a good rest to everyone have a good holiday yes friends yes. and oh, presents too short, too short as always yes i mean i'm still on holiday but it feels too short still <laughs> i mean t what's going to work with the holiday mindset <laughs> <laughs> well the good news is the k-pop news never stops 
and it certainly did not stop while we were, we were on break. So I will start off with the news. First off, Hanbin, aka B.I., a former member of K-pop group Icon, dropped a single, and he got a lot of support, if you guys saw the Hanbin is back hashtag, called the song was called Demo One. There were some like reports about like the the lyrics of the song. So like if you look up the lyrics, it says like that they say this is the lyrics. The fact that I can never tell you that I lived for you, that I couldn't tell you until the end. This stupid farewell. Why? It wasn't even familiar to me. I hoped it wasn't the end. I hope to be able to see you again. So it seems like a song about like, and maybe a song about lost love or something. But, you know, he's, he seems to have a lot of support, um, you know, as far as coming back and he may have a future as a solo singer. We don't know as of yet because we all know Korea's reputation as far as how they react to drug charges and any kind of drug, <laughs> but um, will be fine. <laughs> but I mean, he. I mean, like I said, he. You know, he had a lot of support as far as coming back. So maybe he. You know, maybe he can. You know, have a decent solo career. So here's hoping. Um, the thing about that. The, the thing about that that I saw mm-hmm. was that his fans bought him like a whole new studio so they bought like all the recording equipment yeah yeah because i do follow because i'm like the resident icon (laughs) fan here and so that's something that i saw online is that like his fans bought him like a whole new studio with all the equipment and everything the other icon members like they still support him low-key in ways that they can like on their instagram like some of the messages that they write like the fans know, like, some of the, like, the wordings that they're using that, like, who they're talking to, even if they don't mention somebody, like, oh, they're, he's, they're talking about Hamden when they say X, Y, and Z, and vice versa. So they all still really support each other and things like that, even if they, though they can't outwardly show it, so, and I think he'll be fine and stuff, because, like you say, like, he has all that fan support. And there are some rich icon fans out there. So. Yeah, as long as he has those fans, so. it seems like he don't want for anything. He'll be fine. Yep. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, next up, we all know about the controversy surrounding Produce 101 and all of the fraudulent activity as far as the voting and the manipulations that went on as far as to get the outcomes that were that happened on the show and how they were pretty much you know forced by the people behind the scenes and there was some question as to whether you know the groups that are currently promoting would be able to keep going in light of these scandals and Mnet released a statement on the 11th saying that they are in the process of discussing iZone and X1's futures, but they have not confirmed anything regarding the possibility of disbandment. And basically, they said, and I quote, 
because the, vest the investigation is still underway, we are waiting for the results. And so this is coming off of uh, PD on June Young being arrested on suspicions of fraud and breach of trust by taking bribery. And this is after he admitted to manipulating the results of Produce X101 and Produce 48. And then after the news of his arrest became public, iZone postponed their scheduled comeback. So, you know, it's still kind of murky as far as what we are expecting as far as, you know, whether these groups will make full comebacks in the future, but I guess it's better than nothing. For Personally, I don't think... I mean, I, I don't... It would be, I would be surprised if they disbanded the groups personally. I mean, even if he did manipulate the results, I mean, the groups, the, the members had nothing to do with it. And they're successful. So... The fans don't care. The fans of the groups, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I was about to say, like, why is? I mean, I guess it matters that it was manipulated, but like, clearly the fans don't care. If you look at their sales, X ones, I think their first week sales were like better than one on ones. It was like literally the only group that was ahead of them was BTS. So clearly nobody cares that it was rigged. Yeah, I mean, I. I would be surprised, very surprised, if they decide to do something drastic like that. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to say, Jay? Um, well, okay, well, I saw this YouTube video saying that... Well, it's like this person's opinion, but they were saying that they just think, like, the whole thing from the beginning was rigged. That like the whole like manipulation and all that and it's just to get the fans moving to motivate them even more so that the next comeback for both of the groups they're gonna sell even more think about it think about like exo you know because they were the ones killing it for so long and then bts came around and bts and their fans kind of lit a fire under exo and xols and then like EXO's last two albums have been like the highest selling ones of their career because they had that pressure. And I think like this way with like these new kind of groups, especially these temporary groups, if you can put that pressure on them, the fans are going to come out. Look at what 101, 101 was only for a year and look at the, uh, the awards and all that stuff that they got because that pressure was on them. And like this whole like noise basically this buzz about this whole manipulation chart, uh, uh, voting scandal thing, it's just noise. So, like, now the fans are going to be like, we need to prove that these groups are legit. That, you know, that whether they were, like, even if that was rigged, that they are talented, that they can sell. And I was like, you know what? That does make sense. Because if you've been in the industry, even just, you know, put your toe in it, they do that kind of stuff. I think personally, like with a lot of like those YouTube controversies, that they're all in on it. Like they all just make up that fake drama because what is it? Views and clicks, and that equals more money. <laughs> That's a good thing. I mean, it was just like, yeah. Because I mean, really, for people that aren't fans, are kind of just like, okay, whatever. But then you know, some of these K-pop fans, they go hard with buying like 
10 million albums <laughs> and stuff like that and all these streams and all this kind of stuff. So that is think- some deep conspiracy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is a little conspiracy, but you could kind of see be realistic, though, you know? It's not like Flat Earth, where it's like, come on, we have facts. It's more like... A- <laughs> I mean, it's just, it goes deep, you know? It's weird, because I feel like... I, I feel like we said this on a, a couple episodes ago, how we feel like the K-pop industry might slowly start changing and be more like the American industry, where all publicity is good publicity. And if you take that that way, then... You, you, it's easy to see how this could be one of those all publicity is good publicity situations. I get that though. That that feels like it could be realistic. I don't know. I like that, Jay. That was a that was a good little conspiracy. And my moments. <laughs> that definitely, I it goes deep, and I mean it is possible. I mean when you think about the entertainment industry, it's kind of like. You, you just think anything is possible at that point. So I'm keeping my ears open, options open, all of that. But either way, I think they'll be fine <laughs> because at the end, it's all about the money. Oh, yeah. And so either way, I don't think fans of the groups have anything to worry about. So on to our next topic and next group. Big news for Big Bang and Epic High. They will be performing at the 2020 Coachella. As far as Coachella is concerned, Big Bang will be making their long-awaited return with performances on April 10th and 11th. Epic High will be the first Korean artist to perform twice at Coachella. They previously performed at the festival in 2016. They will be taking the stage in on April 12th and the 19th. So, you know, this is, you know what? I'm, I'm good with this because Big Bang, they know how to work a stage. Epic High, they know how to work a stage. I think they will fit in just fine. <laughs> there won't be all of this nervous energy like when B- Blackpink was performing, like, will they perform? Will they mess up? I mean, Blackpink did adequately, but it was kind of like, it was like, oh yeah, they're the K-pop group that's performing. But with Big Bang and Epic High, I think they'll, they'll just kind of um, blend in with the rest of the performances in a good way. Um, where it's like, they're not really sticking out as the K-pop performances, because they can kind of fall back on, you know, with Epic High, they're not really a K-pop group per se. Big Bang has, you know, years and, you know, EPs and and albums worth of songs that they can draw from that are not really, you know, they both have a persona that isn't K-pop per se. If that makes sense, that may not be. Yeah, make- no, I get it. I get what you're trying to say. Like, they, if we think of K-pop, we think of, you know, choreographed to pre- precision, you know, slick dance moves and that whole idea of perfection on stage in terms of looks, in terms of uh, the performance aspects, sometimes with the vocals, usually lip singing, though. Uh, those are kind of the things that people associate with K-pop. Big Bang they don't really dance anymore. They just hop around the stage. 
singing, yelling into the mic. I mean, this is festivals, things like Coachella are perfect for groups like Big Bang mm-hmm. because they always stick out <laughs> at Korean award shows because what they bring is so different than what you think of traditional K-pop. But somewhere like Coachella where being free and, you know, doing what the music tells you to do and just performing, you know, from your heart or whatnot, that is, that would be perfect at a place like Coachella. So I think Big Bang is perfect for Coachella. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see them. One, excited to see them at Coachella because they're going to bring the same band that Blackpink had because it's their band pretty much. And so, you know, you're going to get fire instrumentals uh, on top of what they have. I actually thought, like, I thought about it very briefly about looking at tickets for Coachella, but... Nyan road trip two words I thought about who would be there and it's just not the place for me (laughs) I I, like my anxiety would skyrocket in a place like Coachella it's going on Patreon very shortly you guys (laughs) Nyan road trip to Coachella so I was just like I would love but this is what I'm excited about with this because everybody thought that there may be a chance that Big Bang would not resign with YGE but I don't believe that to be the case if they're going to do something like Coachella. I feel like they're probably going to release an album this year and get back to the swing of things. And this is sort of like a test the water moment to see how people react. And it's also to test the American market because they're bringing like this is one of the first times we're going to see them as a group sort of bring their their presence in terms of official sort of coming out. Like we see all these K-pop groups on morning shows and things like that, and late night shows now like that's very regular but I, correct me if I'm wrong I've never seen Big Bang on something like that before they've done tours in the in the states in Europe and Canada and things like that but I don't recall them ever being on a late night show or morning show like everybody's doing now pretty much so this is kind of like their sort of big break in America in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, so in terms it's of like, the general public yeah because I remember when Bad Boy came out there was a bit of like western promotion there for a bit like i saw them being featured on like um western blog popular blogs and things people were talking about how much they loved the song like you know it was and it was organic like and i remember seeing that for a bit and then when they had their you know shows and you know they had their stadium tours in america and everything and it was a very organic thing and it was before you know bts kind of burst through and the k-pop thing kind of became a main pseudo mainstream thing and but big bang were kind of the first ones to kind of just come through and just be like yeah you know we're popular and we're gonna like collect our coins but they but like you said, Nat, they've never like done the whole thing where they've done the morning shows, done the the night, you know, the late night talk shows or anything like that. YG's never really, I mean, until Blackpink, they hadn't really done any of that. So it's kind of interesting to see them kind of dip their toe into that. And maybe now that K-pop has become more mainstream, and maybe because you know they're missing one member and they might be trying to reboot the group in a sense you know they might look at this as a chance to kind of take advantage 
of, you know, okay, K-pop is, you know, kind of a thing now. You know, we should take advantage of it. Big Bang still has a lot of fans and still maintain the group's popularity by putting them out like this. So I'm not really surprised to see it, to see it, but you know, I'm also pleased because this is another opportunity for me to waste more of my money um, <laughs> to see them if that is possible. But, you know, hopefully they'll go on another tour or something. But yeah, I, yeah, I definitely see this as kind of an opportunity to take advantage of, you know, what's going on with K-pop right now. And Big Bang is, is still a very popular group, I think. Even they did with a stadium all the tour in America? Hmm? They did a stadium tour in America? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as extensive as... I, I can't remember no. if it was extensive. Because I'm looking at their tours. I'm, like, looking at their tours, and I see, like, some stadiums, like, in mostly in Japan. And then they've got some in, like, Southeast Asia, of course. I think but they mostly I don't did, see like, any a few stadiums cities. in... Yeah, they, yeah, did, they did a few big cities here. When they did, when they were here at the ACC, that's pretty much like a dome tour. <laughs> like that's the biggest stadium in Toronto or for around, right? I have to and, say, yeah, Young Hansuk, he has, he must have people in the bag. Like oh, yeah. only YG groups, from what I know. Maybe there's been other, in terms of K-pop, maybe there's been other like acts that have gone over. But so far, from like at least the bigger companies, only YG groups have gone to Coachella. That's a huge deal. Coachella is not like some little trash, little like two cent, you know, kind (laughs) of thing. And I know a lot of people like to think of it that way just because like the people who go to Coachella are kind of like, they're kind of the type (laughs) of people that are like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know about, about that for the most part, but it's still considered widely considered the biggest music festival in the United States and one of the biggest in the world. I'd like to see them uh, play at Fire Festival though. Oh my yeah, God. <laughs> is, it, is Fire Festival even a thing anymore? Is that still a thing? <laughs> no, no, no. no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was that scam. It was that big scam. It was a big scam. It was a huge scam. They gave them people. They gave them people. They said you're gonna have a luxury five course meal. Gave them people white bread with cheese. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's that's like a huge accomplishment, and I just want to know who YG. I mean, Jay, you got all the conspiracy theories. Tell me who YG knows. (laughs) I know they know some powerful white people. I think gets every time they come out, they get a ton of art. I see it on my feed, like every journalist starts writing about them, and I'm like, they know people because. You gotta know people to have like every journalist in your feet writing about Blackpink. Um, if you wanna send Nye into Coachella, we're gonna set up a Patreon and uh, you know get us an RV, you know, send us on that way, we'll block the whole thing. We'll even You gotta get Nat Nat a passport too. <laughs> I have a passport. Uh, but yeah, I'm like halfway joking. So we'll see how far I take this. But um, yeah, this is a very interesting uh, piece of news and I'll be interested to see how this plays out for Big Bang and for us. Yeah. So 
I will move on to the next piece of news, which is that Taesung has been, of Big Bang, of course, has been cleared of suspicions regarding illegal businesses in his building. Pretty much the police have decided not to lay charges against Big Bang's Taesung in their investigation into illegal business operations in this building. There was a report in July 2008 that illegal adult entertainment businesses involving prostitu- prostitution services were being operated in a building that Taesung owns. He denied any knowledge of these illegal activities and after the Gangnam police station questioning Taesung and reviewing documents and testimonies, they concluded that he's cleared of, cleared of suspicion and will not be charged. This is good for him, I guess. Of course, online, there's still, you know, his fans and non-fans are still arguing over whether he's liable for what happened or not. I mean, it's n- not here nor there, but he does still owe additional taxes on the building, so there's that. Apparently, taxation authorities told Daesung that he will have to pay 1.2 billion won, which is approximately $1 million, in taxes for his building that operated the illegal adult entertainment businesses without a permit. He reportedly borrowed over four. 5.2 billion won, which is approximately 4.4 million from a loan company while using his building as collateral. So there's that. <laughs> but as far as him being liable to the activities that were going on in the buildings, he's clear. So I guess... You know, as far as people wondering if he's going to actually come back with Big Bang and be able to, you know, be a part of activities, I guess he's fine. I don't know how Korea is going to react to him after that. I mean, it seems like one of those things where he'll probably tread lightly for a time. I mean... Poor Taesung, he's just kind of had, he had the whole thing with the car accident and now the building. And I feel like those were two incidents that weren't huge for him as far as his image in Korea. But it's like little thing, like two things that still kind of affect his image a bit. So he has to really be careful in what he says or does because it's like, it's not... It's not something like tops, like drug use, but it's still a thing that he has to be aware of. I mean, the whole group at this point has just had so much happen that when they come back, I don't even know. I mean, I think the Coachella thing will probably be the first thing that they do just because the Korea reception will be so unpredictable and they might just come back in the West first to kind of test the waters because, I mean, I don't, I really don't know how. I mean, Nat, like, what do you think, being a Big Bang fan, like, Korea's reception to them will be? Korea will get over it. (laughs) I personally think that they will get over it. They're going to have a couple of good songs, and they have the law on their side. 
in some ways, unfortunately, in some ways, you know, it is what it is. And so they can always cite that as well, too. And it's not like Korea hasn't forgiven other males, mostly, uh, for similar or worse things. With they song, it's really funny because they won't charge him criminally, but they made sure that he paid the taxes on the illegal businesses in his building that he's not responsible for. The whole story is, yeah, the whole story is just so ridiculous. And it speaks again to what I believe to be YG's connections in Korea, obviously, and, and the power to sort of get off on, on anything, regardless of how much culpability you had with it. Cause it, it is, with they song, who knows? If he knew, if he didn't know, at this point, we don't know. I'm just happy to see Big Bang doing things <laughs> as a four-member group. Put that out there. And I just want to see them continue to create music for the rest of the year. I don't know. I think at this point, they don't have anything to prove. And I think they're senior enough. And they have a large and strong enough fan base internationally that... It it doesn't matter what other groups are doing. They're just going to do their thing and, and continue to be artists. My only thing that I'm not looking forward to is if they do start making big moves, other fan bases, uh, one in particular is going to have a lot to say. And I don't know. I feel like the toxicity is probably going to grow in some ways. So I'm hoping that people kind of chill because a lot of times if another group is doing well, other people feel threatened because it's like they feel like they're trying to come and take their group's top spot. And it's not that deep. One, it's not that deep, two. And... They're at a whole lo- another level at this point yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, some people act like certain groups created K-pop and it starts with them, it ends with them. So you can't really fight crazy. So <laughs> at this point, it's just, yeah, I'm 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 just looking forward to Big Bang making good music as art like as a group and as solo artists and I'm just excited to see to see them on stage again cuz I I didn't think that it would happen, I'll be honest, and especially with everything that happened while they were in the army. So, I'm just I I'm happy as a clam. I had coworkers being like, "Oh, so did you see who's going to be at Coachella?" and I'm like, "Yes, I did." So, I'm I'm just a happy clam. <laughs> Nyan Coachella 2020. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yes, I agree and relate to what you're saying, Nat. And Jimin and Jay, did you have anything, any thoughts on Taesung and Big Bang in general, in addition to what we've said? Um, not really. I mean, like, the whole building thing, that doesn't surprise me. Again, you know, conspiracy about it being covered up because of YG's connections. Um, whatever was going on, it seems like he got away with it. <laughs> like that, but his other scandal about him drunk driving, or maybe not, but that person getting killed, like, at the time, that was super big. And even that got brushed under the rug. So this whole building thing happening isn't a shock to me because it's just like history repeating itself. I'm going to Coachella. I know earlier about like saying that 
yeah, they are K-pop, but they have they just have a different performance element that they really don't need to rely on the K-pop, and it can still be entertaining. Um, I guess this is kind of goes into what I was saying earlier about the Itzy and the G Idol doing the Beyonce song at the Gaiyu was that it wasn't entertaining to me. It just seemed like they were treating that like them going on music bank <laughs> or something <laughs> like it was just like a music bank performance when this is supposed to be like the the end of the year kind of show and that you know give us something a little bit different you know and I, I guess this is more so like the performer in me like whenever you're on stage that you know like to put on an entertaining show whether you have like 30 seconds or 30 minutes, you know, to give the people something that they're going to remember, like to really like have fun and like, you know, but give them a good show. Just don't go through the motions or just like fake it kind of was what I was getting from them. It was like they were doing what they think they should have been doing to be sexy or confident instead of just actually feeling that way. (laughs) So that's like kind of why I was like, this is, like I'm not with this. Like this is entertaining to me. Like I was like, okay, whatever. What's who's performing next? Because <laughs> maybe they'll, you know, maybe they'll just feel it. Like, you know, like we're here to put on a good show. You know, like that. So I think Big Bang. I think they're one of the few K-pop groups that actually does that. Like they don't have to fake or like try and pretend to. Uh, be swaggy, <laughs> like of a better word, or stuff, or just confident, or just, you know, like, they know their strengths performing-wise, and they play up to them like that, like, they don't have to pretend. Um, yeah, so, and I think that the Coachella will give them a lot of buzz and things like that. I certainly think that it helped increase Blackpink's reach and audience, so I think anyone going there that it's good in that aspect. I hope I don't see any more of that horrible fashion. <laughs> if you want to call it that and stuff, or if you're not a part of that culture and not to wear things that, you know, that are offensive that the people have said for years now. So, you know, leave the headdresses to the native Americans <laughs> like that and all the bindies and all that kind of stuff. Leave it to, to the people that that's their culture. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, leaving Big Bang behind, Nyan Coachella 2020, Lehigh also made news for finally leaving the company that she called home. YG released a press release around three days ago, the 31st. Sorry, guys. I don't have it. Is that Tuesday? Tuesday? I think right. so. <laughs> okay. Sorry, there's no date on this, so sorry. Um, but yes, YG released a press release confirming that Lehigh would be leaving their agency after spending eight years of her debut with them. They released a statement with the confirmation of the news, expressed their support for her. Um, she, on the other hand, also released a post in support of her emancipation from YG to finally be free of their BS. I will not forget how her last comeback just happened to 
be concurrent with B.I.'s scandal and it just made a mess of everything. And it was hard to not feel sorry for her at that point. And Lehi, just in general, I, I think apart from her initial debut, like most people at YG, it just kind of petered out. And Lehi has got a lot of things going for her. She's a, she's a songwriter. She has a very unique, distinct voice. She can do a lot. And I think she was just, I mean, apart from everything else that was going on, I think she just was probably tired of just the the bs you know as far as having to wait for comebacks and whatever else and you know just finally let out of her contract and i'm happy for her and i am interested to see what she will do next and who she will sign up with i think she may sign up with a independent label uh maybe an independent hip-hop label Someone that she can do some interesting things with. I know she was doing things with Epic High when they were still with YG. So, you know, I think she's got a lot of room to grow. And it was a really smart decision to just kind of cut her losses while it was at this, you know, stage. And it was the the smart thing to do. Any additional thoughts on Lehigh? I still... that's really all i have to say i am glad she's free she spent way too long in the basement i feel like she had what one two three was it one two step or whatever her first song yeah Yeah, that's it and then she had rose which is when i first got into her and then she had breathe and then she had another comeback i think it was like around that time like she had like a double title kind of thing and then she just had this recent song with bi and that was it and she's had some things in between there, but it's never yeah. been she's never really been heavily promoted. No, I feel like when Twenty One was still with the company and they did the YG family tour, I feel like that was a good time for her and for them because it gave them stuff to do and uh I know that they did some collaboration stages and stuff like that. That was good and she did a Christmas song. I can't remember what the song was called with Park Bomb too. So I feel like when they, when there was a bit more girl power, not just within your group, but you know, like all the girls, it kind of worked really well. And I thought that Lehigh and 21 did have a summer sound in some ways as well, too. So they worked really well together. Uh, but I feel like the current climate is very young. The aesthetics are a lot more important as well, too, than comparison to the artistry and maybe she just didn't want to be a part of that as much anymore so and also like yg i feel like korea still doesn't like them very much so like Mm. yg is a company and just everybody who who goes there i guess so it's unfortunate as you mentioned that the bi scandal happened when it did because she People were awaiting her comeback. People were very excited about it. And I saw a lot of comments who were like, oh, because of B.I., I can't listen to this. Like, okay, stupid. And you're being a bit too dramatic, in my opinion. But you know, I get it, I guess. I guess. So <laughs> it, for her, I think she's going to sign independently for sure. I feel like she's just going to probably continue doing that. I actually think she should try acting if that's something that you know she's interested in. Because I feel like she would probably be pretty decent in it. For some weird reason. She definitely had to look for it. So. Yeah. 
good for her. Her and CL have flown to freedom, and now they can all collaborate if they want and make good music. That's all it. right. Well, let's move on. During our break, uh, there's definitely a lot of news in the realm of idol performances with the Gaio Dejuns, uh, the year-end stages, and all of the different performances that were going on. Unfortunately, there was a scare during the SBS Gaio Dejun when Wendy from Red Velvet had an accident during her stage for for her Aladdin OST speechless sound test. She apparently climbed the second floor tunnel of the building and was supposed to walk down the stairs as prepared, but the lift didn't go up. And at that point, she lost her balance and fell 2.5 meters down to the stage in a defenseless state. Um, Somebody, if someone can quickly do the math, <laughs> from 2.5 meters to uh, American... That's about uh, 10 feet. 10 feet, okay. All right, so yes, that is a long ways. Um, and she fell down to the stage. Apparently, according to your reports from Dispatch, the two-story tunnel was dark and cramped. The stairlift wasn't ready when Wendy was rehearsing. They could have prevented the accident by just having marking tape at that location, apparently. And after it happened, apparently the accident scene turned into chaos. Immediately after the accident, Wendy was taken to the emergency room by ambulance as Red Velvet members looked on shocked by the news of Wendy's injury. And according to reports, Wendy has fractured her right pelvis and her wrist and cracked her right cheekbone and suffered multiple bruises all over her body. And it is expected that it will take months for her to recover. And apparently SBS basically tried to continue the show and as if nothing happened. Uh, Several groups went up to the second floor tunnel after the accident with no changes to the surrounding environment. And, of course, after that happened, people were anxious and scared to come up to that tunnel because, you know, of what just happened. But they just went on as normal. And SBS did release an apology of sorts uh, after what happened. But, I mean, it's obvious negligence that has been going on for forever. We all know that as far as idols, working conditions, and K-pop, it's just, especially during the year-end stages, or just regular, like, performance stages. I mean, we've all seen the fireworks go off, and the idols are, like, right next to, like, where they the fireworks shoot off on the stage, and they're literally inches from where it's, like, shooting off, and they could have just caught on fire if they moved, like, an extra couple of inches to the left. You know, and just in general, I you know, they've been on, like, cardboard, like, looking lifts. I mean, that look like they're made out of cardboard that they could just fall through. I mean, the, the conditions in general are just, like, crappy. And we all know that SBS, Mnet, these companies in general don't take the care that they need to, to make sure 
that these performers are in safe conditions. And as sad as it is, it's not surprising that something like this happened because they they do not they do not take care to see that that the adequate conditions are are being prepared for these people. And it's sad that, you know, this had to happen. But even with this situation, it doesn't look like they learned anything or made an attempt to even try to, um, you know, secure the area or, you know, make it safer for the other people that were coming up after her. So that shows that they had no concern whatsoever <laughs> after what happened. And it's just, it's sad and concerning. Whatever you think of Wendy, um, because this was a thing after it happened because of Wendy's, um, her uh, reputation in the fandom for things that she has said um, about people of, um, you know, other races, um, you know, she has a history of having made fun of black people or try to, you know, imitate, you know, AAVE and that sort of thing. And, you know, there were messages and posts from people saying, oh, I wish she had you know, something happened to her, she had died. And you know what? No, this is not the time or the place for that kind of thing. She's a real person that, you know, went through a life-threatening situation. And I, you know, I, you know, barring, you know, you taking another person's life, I'm not going to wish for someone to die in any situation. And I, you know, that's just uncalled for. So, you know, <laughs> and I think that it's bad that that happened because it took away from the bigger issue of, you know, K-pop idols, you know, having to deal with these kind of working conditions and then, you know, have the whole issue of, well, should we even feel bad for Wendy? It's not even about feeling bad for Wendy. It's, you know... This it shouldn't have happened, point blank, and that's just kind of my that's that's my viewpoint on it. Um, what about the rest of you? <laughs> I <just>, I will <laughs> go. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I have two minds of this. One, when I heard the news, I wasn't surprised because. These award shows, especially like the end of year ones or the ones where like that are more festival kind of based, those ones tend to be the most dangerous. And the things that go viral are people sliding around on ice, in water, you know, like getting rained on while they're performing and how these idols persevere because they, you know, they had all of the, these elements against them and they still continued on because they're perfect robots. So... Something like this doesn't surprise me because these the people who put together these shows do they don't care about the idols. To them, the idols are interchangeable. You know, young 
as soon as they age up, they just replace them with younger ones and, and the K-pop machine continues along. And because uh, these networks, SBS, KBS, whatever, they because they hold so much power, in a lot of ways, they can get away with these kind of things. And it, from the looks of it, I don't know much about behind the scenes work or health and safety and things like that but it doesn't seem like it's very high because even on dramas people are overworked i've heard of people dying because they're not following safety rules so i'm not very surprised about this nobody deserves okay i'm lying (laughs) i don't think wendy deserves what happened to her i don't think any k-pop idol that i can think of deserves anything like that happening to them and so when I heard the news, I did feel bad, especially when I heard about the pelvic part, because that could be career ending. And I think from what I'd read or maybe something I'd seen on Twitter, it said that she like SME had put out a statement and said that basically because of the swelling, they couldn't see the extent of the injuries, which was actually pretty terrible um, and sounded very painful as well too uh i mean regardless of how you feel like as a fan or anti or whatever you know it is something terrible that could have been avoided and that's the crux of it it could have been avoided if they were doing their jobs if they cared about the idols and treated them like human beings and then for them to go out and be like well we apologize to the fans and we apologize to the viewers but good thing we pre-recorded psycho so we'll play that for you <laughs> like it it's so unprofessional very much in poor taste and i can understand but there was a there was a part of me that kind of skimmed over the news as well because i don't like wendy (laughs) and i i'm not saying that to be petty and as i said i don't think she deserves what happened to her but also i can't put energy into people who are anti-black and that's kind of it at the end of the day for me like what happened to her was bad but am i going around trending things about wendy no I don't put my energy into people who think that putting on stereotypical black accents and and doing it multiple times is is for for jokes and for you know as as a means of creating laughter. I don't I don't think that is just I, I think it's terrible pretty much. So for me personally, I I don't think she deserved what happened to her and I hope she gets a speedy recovery and I do hope that it changes what happens at these shows. But I also, you know, if I'm going to talk about things going on in K-pop, I'm not going to talk about this for the most part. Yeah, I think that's a hot take. I'm not sure if it's a hot take. I did put on our Twitter that black people could feel however they wanted to feel about this situation because we, for the most part, have not been liking Wendy. So put your energy where you want to put the energy and where it serves you i think that's valid yeah i mean it's fine to feel however you want to feel about wendy i think it's a bit much like i said to be posting i hope she dies um oh yeah i didn't see that that's just extreme that's just inhumane but i mean as far as you feeling away still feeling away because of things that she's done but that's fine like i i just feel that Again, this it's a bigger issue at hand as far as how you feel about, you know, there's a bigger issue at hand. 
that should be examined. And that's kind of how I feel about it. Jay, Jimin, do you have any particular takes on this? I disagree with what Nat said. I mean, uh, I'm like, ooh, about her falling, because that seems like a pretty scary and hurtful fall. Then, like, all that stuff that she did in the past, like, that's kind of the... Uh, that's what kind of makes it tricky for me. Is it's like the energy that you give out, you're going to get back. So, I mean, you know, if you're not giving out good energy, then, you know, good things aren't going to come back to you. I mean, that's not saying that, like, oh, well, somebody says the N-word, and I'm like, you know, I hope I get, they get hit by a car. I'm not saying anything like that. Um, but, you know, that's the negative energy that you put out. It's going to come back to you like that. Um, I mean, especially if you are doing things multiple times and, you know, people are trying to tell you that that's offensive or that's not something that you should be doing and you still make the choice to still do that even after people had tried to bring it to your attention. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with that. I mean, I, yeah. All right. Well, if there are no other takes on this, the Gaios did go on. <laughs> um, we got to have a lot of different special stages. Um, in my opinion, still not as good as the aughts. 2008 to 2010 or so, they were my golden years. Of course, you're free to disagree. But we did have our special stages. Kwasa and Mama Mood performed with JYP with the, of course, notorious <laughs> lap sit of Hwasa. She sat on JYP's lap, and that was a whole mini scandal in and of itself. But, you know, we discussed before this podcast, JYP, despite his kind of persona as being a ladies' man and patrolling for girls, he's actually kind of quite the opposite. A lot of JYP... Um, Idols and trainees have said that he's, you know, like a father to them. He's like a mentor and he's very protective of them. And I, you know what? I believe it. I mean, you know, there's been more than enough evidence um, to support that. Uh, and I think it was just kind of Fwasa trying to be scandalous and JYP trying to be scandalous because that's his thing. And people are like, oh no, she's sitting on his lap. And you know, it was a thing, <laughs> but, you know, I didn't really find it that scandalous, but, you know, it would have been more scandalous if she had, uh, went to GOT7 and sat on JB's lap or something like that. That would have been scandalous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, that was just kind of like, yeah, they planned that. In that vein, you know, I don't know how many of us actually watch the year-end shows. I did more of kind of a skim and you know like I said I and it may be me looking through it is with blinders because I kind of that was like my peak Kate Korea Booness was when I was like listening in the aughts but I mean do you feel that end of the year shows are getting too repetitive that they're losing their luster Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Who wants to go first? Because I haven't watched like a whole one in so long. 
Yeah, I guess that's kind of the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's part of it, is like, there's no reason for me to watch them, because I guess back in the past, like, there were groups that I was interested in, whether they were Nugu or mainstream, and I guess that was the draw to actually watch them or like see them online, anyways, because they are kind. They are like three hours, and that's a lot. I mean, that's like a movie, and even if a movie's two hours, that's still a lot. So even if the war show is that long, I mean, that's just a lot to just like sit there and take in. <laughs> stuff like that especially if it's like three in the morning and you're watching this but then like i was saying about like the performances too if it's just kind of like you're waiting for to be entertained and it's not happening then it's like why am i watching this i mean that's kind of like shows here award shows here in the west like they don't have that kind of same prestige or luster that they did maybe in the past of like you know like oh the MTV movie awards are coming up or the Billboard Awards so I'm going to watch it to see the performances and like be entertained it's just like they're just going through the motions and you're like okay you can see this performance anytime I want (laughs) like you can go to your like random YouTube performance that you know you did three years ago and see that so you know it's the same thing that you're serving me now so I'm not gonna watch it that's all I got (laughs) yeah I agree I mean I feel like I'm almost as into k-pop now as I was before because I mean my groups are well not all my groups but I'm so passionate about the groups that I'm really into and I do want to see all that they do and I do want to support them, but there's nothing special or unique about what they're doing now at these, at these, uh, guys. It's just kind of like lackluster. Like we watched some of them today and nothing really stood out as jaw dropping or special or unique. Most of the time, like, what they're doing there is not different from what they're doing at the music shows when they're promoting their their title tracks, you know? And I think what I did appreciate in some ways is that they did a a lot more uh, mixed-gendered stages, which I feel like they stopped doing for a while and they've sort of picked it up. And that has added a different dynamic, but even that is... I don't know, I feel like a lot of the new groups just lack that certain spark and the hits are not as big as they used to be like in terms of you know a nobody a g a mister you know there was no especially like the last year in 2019 there wasn't any viral songs not that i know of anyways i felt like everything was kind of okay and you know, they did, they peaked when they needed to peak and that was it. But we didn't have like a boom, boom or a love scenario, a bang, bang, bang. You know, we didn't have any really huge songs. And a lot of the newer groups don't really have the charisma. I would say, honestly, the some of the better performers were groups like Mamamoo. I felt did a pretty good job because yeah. they, they know how to perform. And everybody else almost felt a bit too mechanical with what they were doing. 
and a bit too rehearsed. Like maybe they over rehearsed, and so there was no personality. It was just like, you know, your body's just doing what it's, it needs to do, and then you're done. And for that reason, I would say there was nothing very special about it. There was nothing. They didn't even have. I feel like even most of the years they usually have like an, a first gen group or like an old group come out and do like their biggest hits, and you know usually the crowd kind of goes wild like that with that too. Like when Rain did Rainism, and you could see like the groups on the side sort of doing it, singing along with him and dancing. Like it didn't feel like they they did anything like that this year either. It just kind of sucked. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's very very strange, and also. I were there groups missing? I feel like not a lot of groups that I expected to be at these things were there. Like Blackpink was I mean, nowhere to be. Seen. Yeah, like, no YG there. groups were there at all. And uh, Got Seven wasn't at all of them. BTS wasn't at all of them. Is yeah, just felt. And even the groups that I thought did pretty okay this year were were not at every one of the guys like oh my girl and even g silent idol were missing and i mean they're not top tier groups but they do pretty well and they have a, a lot more exposure than some other groups so it was, it was very strange this year and i guess with red velvet also being out it didn't help but yeah i don't know it just it doesn't look good for K-pop, if that's the best that they can do at these these guys, that's all I gotta say. Jimin, yeah, I mean, it, I just feel like they, but to this year particularly, I don't know. The only thing I watched this year was the MMAs. I think all the way through, or was it the Mamas? Which show was was it that I was live tweeting with Hwasa sitting on JYP's lap? I think that was the, the Mamas. Mamas? Yeah, okay. The mama's usually okay. first or one of the first ones. Okay. Cause I watched the mamas all the way through and I was so bored. I, <laughs> I, I there were I was so bored. And uh, I know some people like on the internet just like alluded to like the lack of competition, you know, like we were saying, but mostly on like the whole idea that there's this, this lack of competition like obviously for the actual awards also like mama no melon i believe like made up categories feels like out of nowhere and i was like what like that's not how you solve your your I, well i guess they they don't really perceive it as an issue i guess if they if they have a ton of armies to fill up that crowd i'm sure they don't see it as an issue if they don't have you know any sm groups any yg groups but also then you 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 cut like you dedicate 40 minutes to a BTS performance out of your it's basically it becomes a BTS concert. And I and I'm not even saying this like as a hit knock on BTS. It's totally not. It's more so just like you got to have better management. I don't know. It just feels like you get these different groups and then you don't really utilize them in terms of just like their sets and everything. And, and I don't know. There was an award show that like wasn't didn't they cut Mama Moo's time like at the wasn't very it last lovelies? minute? Lovelies, lovelies. I thought or it was A Pink. No, I thought yeah. it was A Pink. No, A Pink. Yeah. A Pink was, was cut off in the middle of their performance. A Pink yeah. was at one of the the festivals. Yeah. I'm talking about at one of the actual award shows. Mama Moo. I don't. I I saw like some 
like this video that some Mama Moose fans had put up of like celebrating that like one of they were like basically they gave half energy or something like that. Let me. I'm gonna find it. And I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because they were shading them. Because like yeah, were, shading them. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember which award show that was, but I do remember what you're talking about now. Uh, MMA. Mama Moose shading MMA, and there's like a like a whole thing on All K Pop. Even they got the shortest set. They got a four minute set. They performed before Wood rookies, and they didn't interview them on the red carpet. They didn't get a VCR like the other groups do. And apparently Hwasa performed Twit live, but they only showed the pre-recorded version. So yeah, apparently they just like completely kind of like they didn't give them a fair shake like they did everybody else. And you don't want to, I don't know, you don't want to get this reputation either. But like I said, once again, if armies are willing to tune in and give them the, I don't know how the rating system works in South Korea, nor do I know how it works with the venues. And then it doesn't help either. Part of this, too, is kind of like a sign of the times, like a sign of the industry because of the fact that, like, for example, there's a reason, like, in America, viewership for, like, awards has, has gone down. Obviously, people are, like, streaming illegally, too. There's, that's a huge part of it. But not, I mean, that's not a really a problem in Asia. But I'm talking, like, let's just talk about how the, the times are changing, the music industries are changing. Because I feel like, in America, what really happened is there has been this influx of people who, like Zane Lowe said, well, he does Beats 1 on Apple Music, like he said, influencers should influence musicians that should do music, right? That's what he said. I kind of feel like K-pop is becoming quantity over quality in many ways. And I'm not talking about just quantity in groups over quality groups. I'm talking about quantity of like, people like actual established groups who keep who come back and they don't come back with anything good you know what i mean i there's no reason why like for example i don't i know i'm gonna get hate for this mom babies are still recovering but monster x i feel like their music they're like the music that i the korean music the music that i heard them at the award shows it just wasn't that good like bts had that whole set and none of those songs are nowhere near the level of like any song on wings for example then you you know like these groups they just don't have songs that are, are iconic and memorable anymore they just it's just they're doing whatever and, and sometimes it just feels like they're hopping on trends to sort of i don't even know like what are they doing because some groups they're clearly trying to go for like a western like appeal but some groups i just think they're putting out garbage just to sell sell music or something it's kind of like okay good good example disney right disney just puts this rise of skywalker movie out all the star wars fans are upset because it just feels like they're trying to sell toys but i i guess what i'm saying that to say is like they're if you kind of alienate your heart, your hardcore fan base, which I feel like Disney definitely did that. I'm like, I, I can see why people had their issues with it. And I'd like relate that to, to this K-pop situation and saying that with these award shows or with not just these award shows, but in the industry, it feels like these artists are just kind of creating music just for the sake of selling as much as they can. Nat, you mentioned something really interesting earlier. No, it was Ash, actually. Ash was like, yeah, BTS is going on tour again. Like, <laughs> they just got off of a tour. Yeah. And they're yeah. doing it. Uh, like, 
it's clearly yeah. milking the like the moment. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm. Which is what Star Wars Disney did with Star Wars. They're milking. But there's the a difference. But there's a difference in, in in how you milk the moment. Now, if you're milking the moment, but you're providing fresh content. That's different than you milking the moment and you still giving us the same song and dance that we heard before. I mean, that's this is yeah. kind of reminding me of like Ayumi Hamasaki, like back in, you know, when she was the it girl, she was always coming up with something new, with something yeah. fresh, Rihanna you know. Yeah, even Rihanna, like every year she had a new album, you know, going on tours. It was something new and fresh. I mean, yeah, she, both of them were both all up in our faces all the time, but it was something that they were coming up with new, or even like the other um, Japanese girls, like Nami Muro and Kota Kumi, like they were always giving us something new. Yutada took a break. She was more like Christina Aguilera. She's going to make an album when she's ready. Um, yeah, no, like that, but, like but, Beyonce, but, when she, when she, there was a whole stretch between like 2000 and four was four right before self-titled 2000 and self-titled where or dangerously in love part two and stuff self-titled or dangerously in love and self-titled where everything like each new album was distinct and different. And like there was some, you know what I mean? Like there was something mm -hmm. she was trying that she was challenging herself. Like you said, I, I feel like a lot of K-pop artists, even the, the only people that I can say that for are, have all been SM artists in my experience. Have... Twice is starting to do that too. And then, yeah, I, I will say that too, but I mean, I th also think that's like a problem like with the new goos is that some of the things that they, well, first of all, they have like these long breaks in between their comebacks, which in K-pop, if you're gone for like three months, then you're already falling behind. Yeah. But then when you do come back, you're giving us something that's dated, you know, that, okay, yeah, maybe for the nostalgia factor, that's good. But if you're still having to hustle and like, when's my next paycheck going to come? That's not the way to go. Like, you need to come up with something, I guess new and fresh but also consistent because i think a big problem about k-pop that i'm noticing more now is that there's just this big inconsistency like they don't have a real musical identity like like what's their like sound i guess is what i'm trying to say like what are they known for i mean people can talk about momo land all they want but their sound like their kind of music and that's kind of their thing you know and they have branched out into like other areas i mean it still still kind of sounds the same but it's different like there's a difference between boom boom and bam and that's okay so i mean like when they want to go on and like i guess <laughs> if they want to do <laughs> acoustics then they can because they have a they have enough of a musical identity that's like their core sound that they can always fall back on but still branch out and do other things but like with these other k-pop groups like they'll go from doing a ballad one comeback and then the next one is a booty shaking anthem and then you know the, the next song is going to be like i love my parents and then you know the next ones are like in the bank robbing people like it's too much you know <laughs> like, yeah. like Actually, people getting... <laughs> yeah that's a really good point like people are just getting whiplash they don't know like like what's your sound because you know you're doing all these different things each time you come back and i mean yeah that's kind of like it's but good you can do something different and still have an like a distinction about you like i feel that way about like certain groups like for example shiny 
I feel like they just experimented mm-hmm. a lot. But every mm-hmm. time I heard a shiny song, I knew it was a shiny song. Like I didn't mm-hmm. have to guess. You don't. You do not get that with a lot of these fourth generation groups. Actually, I can't think of one fourth generation group, and I know they're still pretty new fourth generation, but it's been, what, two years now for fourth gen? Some of them have already had two or three comebacks, and I I have yet to see anything that shows uniqueness in the industry. They stand out like amongst the crowd. And then third gen, they're old enough to where they should be standing out. That's why I don't get what some of my favorites from third gen are doing right now like i don't understand it's just like it. the trends like they're all following like the same trend like how many latin influenced edm songs have we heard now i mean right. at this, i mean when it first was going on like yeah that was kind of cool and stuff but now you know <sighs> when it was blood book. sweat and tears it was cute but yeah it was like Everybody in the industry, like when y'all keep doing ago, that, <laughs> we, we, we tired. I mean, right. I guess Super Junior can have that lane. Nobody's gonna argue with them for that. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah, want that lane. Like, dude, like, there's so much different music styles out there that, yeah, okay, this is kind of what's going on. Like the Latin pop, but there's even in Latin music, there's all these different subgenres yeah. or like. like cultures that they could pull from instead of just like um yeah baracha i mean come on now like you know really get into that like but they only do one yeah yeah so we should make our own k-pop company it's though i swear (laughs) okay i agree (laughs) i have an ad i agree okay well Speaking of year-end activities, BTS performed on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. And that was a fairly global stage for them to perform on. Great, whatever. Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper have a separate New Year's Eve live broadcast that airs on CNN. And they came under fire because they made comments on the performance, which... They were not allowed to air because it was on another network. But they still made comments on it anyway, with Cohen calling their performance lackluster. And Anderson Cooper said, there is one of them who's just not there. Note, I did hear that V or Taeyong was not very much in the zone that night. But yeah. But apparently fans... Armies took to Twitter to call them disrespectful and racist and xenophobic and anti-Asian. And CNN was accused of interrupting their live performance for commentary. And I'm just looking at this post on Oh No They Didn't, um, which is a celebrity gossip blog. And there are some posters that I don't recognize that seem to appear during BTS related posts. But in general, I'll say this. I don't think, you know, these type of people, Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper at times. Anderson Cooper has a lot of pedigree. He's done some very important interviews and he does he he can be a serious journalist. He has done some very significant interviews and news stories and such. He's not just any other tabloid reporter, like some armies would like you to think. Anderson Cooper has a very considerable pedigree. But, you know, 
they have made comments about other people at certain times. And BTS, okay, regardless of, of how you think of them personally, in the United States at this point in time, in this year of our Lord, 2020, they're viewed as a boy band. And the boy band, they are still viewed as that will remain until some point in the future where they are able to change that. And they made comments on their performance. It wasn't anything harsh. Um, it was kind of dismissive more than anything, I felt. And that was their, I mean, that was their right to say whatever. I mean, if you wanted to dismiss them right off, then okay, that's up to you and that's your I mean uh, you know from the view of someone if someone is a fan of BTS that's their loss if they don't want to kind of take into consideration their music or you know talent um, I have to say that I'm kind of iffy I mean I may be missing something because I'm just going off of a post and I don't know, I may be missing something that they may have said. Just going on off of what I'm viewing here, I don't see that they may said something that was outwardly racist or xenophobic. It was just kind of dismissive. If anything, that they didn't really take the time to consider the group as a whole, they just kind of was like, oh, well, boy band, they did, you know, whatever. But <sighs> there are so many real instances of racism and xenophobia and whatnot in America in this point of time. I can't really with, you know, any instance in America where someone, where someone looks at BTS and says, oh, that's just a boy band. And you're going to respond to that with, oh, you're racist, xenophobia. <laughs> and I, you know what? And you know what? I would not be surprised if there are instances where that is true. Because I'm sure there are instances where that may be the case. But <laughs> if somebody just kind of looks at that and says, oh, well, that wasn't very much. We're going to look at that in every single instance. We're just going to plaster that with racism and just because you want to you want to defend the boys so much and i get that but you're not helping by coming up on this and just kind of forcing racism on these these people and saying that because they don't like what they did or they don't take what they did seriously they're performing in the US of A as a boy as a 6 7 member boy band that dances and sings. We have a history of not taking that seriously. They're already successful. It. They're just doing too much. I. I, I, I can't. They just like. They just want to find a reason to be mad. So okay. So he said something they didn't like, and then that's the first thing that they're going to use is scream racism when that really wasn't the case. I mean. BTS has brought it before. I mean, it wasn't for this performance. Okay, suck it up. Take it. Move on. You're going to see them on tour, and they're going to bring it there. I mean, like you said, they're successful enough already. Like, chill. Like, it's not that serious to be screaming that he didn't say anything racist or anything like that. I mean, if he did, then this conversation would be different. Um, they, they just They just don't know how to chill. 
definitely I mean, succeed. <laughs> I mean, they did fine in the performance, you know, and they don't realize that nobody really... I mean, as far as the doxing, that maybe is the only thing people kind of sort of take seriously because they don't want their social media thread to be, you know, messed up or whatever. But you guys are not helping the case. (laughs) If you want your guys to be taken seriously, it's not helping if you try to... You know, you're not going to dox Anderson Cooper. You're not going to dox Andy Cohen. These guys are higher up in the food chain than you guys could even imagine. And, you know, some snide comments that they make is, I mean, that's nothing. They know how to, they know how to do this. This is their job. And you're just, if you want your guys to get Western exposure, you're going to have to deal with it. Because this is how American celebrity rolls. And it's just how it is. And if you can't deal with it, then that's how it is. I mean, I don't know how to say it any plainer. And I don't agree, you know, I just, I mean, it's snide and it's kind of rude, but I Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just blind to it, but I don't see the racism there. I really don't. There's none. I saw this think piece that I wanted to get you guys' opinions about. Because I I was going to say, I have to say that I've seen these think pieces and I've seen where people, what people are saying. And I just want to get your opinion where people are saying that, you know, given American history, there is a history of white men sort of downplaying the feats of Asian men, so to speak, as if it's like, you know, somebody was saying like, if it was Justin Bieber that got up there and performed like that or One Direction, they wouldn't have a problem with it. And the only reason why I kind of saw that perspective was because I've seen One Direction perform. They, obviously they don't do any choreography, right? They mostly do vocal performance and they walk around the stage. But I've seen One Direction look, pretty dead like in performances but Harry Styles will still get like praise or whatever for the performance and I I don't know I'm not agreeing at all with armies I don't think that what they said was racist personally but do you think that there's some greater subtext here that maybe somebody maybe that needs to be addressed in the context of the progressive like we're trying to have this progressive culture in America do you think there's some subtext that we need to look at or do you think that people might be reading a little too deeply into it I don't. I mean, I think there is, there is, I mean, there's valid subtext there, right? Mm-hmm. But One Direction was never taken seriously. They made bukus of money. They were successful. Yeah, but they were not taken seriously as a group. Nobody was looking at them as like Grammy winning One Direction. No. Um, but. Well, also, too, their critiques, Andy and Andy, <laughs> Andy and Anderson. Did Anderson ever go by him? Well, the the double A's, their critique was about the actual performance and saying it was lackluster, which, and people were saying, well, BTS puts more energy into, you know, a bad performance than most people put into a good performance, which I don't agree with personally. That is your opinion. I, I think, yeah, I think that that's, you know, a case by case basis. I mean, you could you could make the argument: Do they perform really hard and put energy into performances? Yes, but also Paula Abdul is like seventy five years old, and she was putting more energy than Taeyong. 
Like there's there's no excuse there when you got. I mean, no offense, Auntie Paula, but. <laughs> no. I mean, she does go off sometimes. There's no, I mean, we be hitting it. Yeah, when you, I'm saying, I'm not trying to like brag on her age or nothing. No ageism here. But the fact is, if you got people who are like literally should be sitting down somewhere with their grandkids doing that on stage, things like like she was doing on, because I, I watched the New Year's walking the bits and pieces of it. Uh, there's no excuse for it, and. Tay for and, and this is this is another th- issue with that and this is not like this is this is what's kind of irritating about this particular incident because armies are trying to act like this is the first time this has been called out but people who like BTS who are like not armies just kind of like on the fringe of it they're people who I would you know from what I've seen give valid critiques of BTS but they still like them and we have been noticing this for the past year where Tay. D- is just checked out. Maybe it speaks to the greater problem of, you know, them being on tour again, them not really getting much of a break. Because apparently when they were on their break, they were still filming things for well, their shows. Basically, they had a, like, a two-month hiatus, so to yeah. speak. And then the, like, for, like, the last month of it, they filmed Bon Voyage, which is their little vacation series. Technically work. still work. Technically, yeah. yeah. It was like it yeah. was like they were on quote unquote vacation, but it was like technically they're still on camera. You know, they gotta sleep in their rooms with cameras in their rooms. <clears throat> so they can't really be themselves freely. Yeah. So well, I guess and they're always on is kind of the idea. Yeah, Maybe. like they're always in celebrity mode. They're yes. never themselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So maybe that's what like this connects to is like maybe they weren't completely on i mean if they're doing all of these end of the year shows in korea and then they're flying out to new york to do you know the dick clark thing and they're tired and yeah you know they're gonna be checked out a lot more because they they need a break and instead of announcing a tour and all this other stuff maybe what they really should be doing is taking that break and i know i feel like i do feel like there is a valid criticism on the treatment of Asians in the Western world, obviously. Uh, white supremacy doesn't just affect people, it affects a lot of other marginalized groups that connect, that don't, you know, and so I do agree that there is room to have a discussion on the treatment of K-pop and, you know, just like non-English music in and not not just us but the western world but in this particular instance it sounds like they were checked out they were lackluster not all of the members obviously but right enough it, for it yeah. to be noticed by people who are not even fans of them i just want to qu- quickly comment on yeah. like your point you made about them being tired that is valid that is completely yeah. valid i think where i can see there being sort of a room for a counterpoint is when you get into like the everyday person like there are, I'm pretty sure there's millions of people across the world who don't feel like going to work, but then they go to work the next day with a smile on their face, whatever, yeah. do their job, whatever they got to do. They, Cause even though you don't, you're not on like a celebrity, you are putting on a facade when you go to work. I'm pretty sure when you're going to work, you're not like, you know, you're not the same person that you are like when you're just chilling, you know what I mean? You're just hanging out. No, I agree. But I just like for someone like that, where, uh, you know, like I work at nine to five. I work my nine to five and then I go home and I can just 
do what I want. And I mean, obviously, like, I still don't want to work, go to work for the most part. And I still do it because I need to make money. But I feel like there's a slightly different sort of spin when you're a celebrity, especially when you're a celebrity in that world where, as you said, they're on vacation, but they have cameras in the room. You know, they're they don't really have from what I can tell anyways, they doesn't seem like they have a lot of time to themselves and a lot of time to even work on their craft. The reason that which is mm. you know, the reason that they got into this industry to begin with. And I mean, it's a it's a loaded question. I think it's a loaded situation because, yeah, I think they're tired and I think that affected it. Do I think they put on a shitty performance or a lackluster performance? I don't watch. I'm not going to watch. So I don't really know. Do I think that, you know, white men, white gay men on top of that are free from criticism about racism, xenophobia, things like that? No. Do I think it's relevant to the situation? Not really. Because I don't think that people take pop music and, you know, boy and girl groups seriously in general, regardless of where they're from and what language they speak so i i just i feel mm-hmm. like it's really easy to dismiss pop music especially as lowbrow and not deep and blah 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 blah. so I, well i, I guess I, mean, I, I guess that's why i'm getting confused uh, uh, because they weren't it's not like they ever at one point said specifically that like that what they were talking about was oh you know it's just the fact that it's pop music it was more or less that particular performance like I don't know like I guess I completely understand their criticisms their criticisms are valid in my opinion like it was like let's say if there's a reason yeah okay I think that's what people fail to realize is like not everybody's going to not UNAP but I'm saying like ARMY for example yeah. Not everybody's going to know that BTS has not had a real break since oh, yeah, for sure. about October. If that, you know, I'm pretty sure Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper are not they researching this. So when yeah. armies are like saying all this, is like, uh, girl, no, you have to understand you. There's like this is so loaded of a conversation because there's That's so many I mean. aspects of this. They're trying yeah. to appeal to the Western market. Obviously, there's no other reason to do this show besides let's try to see if we can appeal to a more general audience in the Western market. Yeah. There's no other reason to do it. Armies don't care about Dick Clark's Rock and Eve. You know what I mean? Like, no, they don't. They'll just watch whatever BTS is on. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter Jay, what it is. Jay, you were going to say something? Yes. I think Jay, you started, you you started with about? hot take. So I, I really oh, like it. Oh, you said hot take? <laughs> I think you started oh, yeah. with that. So I was like, yeah, because About them being tired? Uh, I don't know, just about what Nat said about the boy groups and them uh, not being taken seriously. People take the Beatles seriously, and I'm like, ugh, like of all oh, the... Anyway. But that's, that's, its own, that's It's its own because thing. they're band, right? They play but instruments. At the time, no, no, but at the time, they didn't. I feel now, like, now they they're just... referred as, you know, like, the, these legendary icons, blah, 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 blah. But at the time when they came out, they weren't. Well, I mean, you look at a lot of boy bands were modeled after black groups yeah like i mean no literally like new kids on the block the osmonds were complete copies of the jackson five carbon copies yeah like i mean uh, they can't do it like us i mean they they try and they might get you know just a little like a little like one one song shine where you know they kind of come close just like like we look at this history of boy bands in the U.S. and how they're treated, and and you know, 
I mean, I that's mean, the thing that kids... And we know how they're created. We know how they're, they, they're ruled by with an iron fist. They have, they have a manager. They have people that basically dictate everything that they do. And they're not respected for it, okay? And why should BTS come here and get any different treatment? I mean, yeah, that is true, but I feel like part of it, too, is that as the artist, like, I feel that you have a little bit more say in how your boundaries are and, like, what you will and will not do. Now, what happens when you say no sometimes is out of your control, but somewhat about like they don't have any control and things like that yes on some level they don't because i mean behind the scene kind of stuff there are some crazy people behind the scenes and it's just better if you just don't almost say anything than you do saying yes or no to them because they're going to screw you over but in when you do have the opportunity to like really say like no i'm not going to do that or i don't feel comfortable with that and you're pretty much set that things are going to be okay, then do that. Because if you don't say anything, then they are going to take advantage of you and they are going to work you to death like that. I mean, and I mean, that's the thing that um, now I just started watching all these videos about like people that have been in the industry and them saying like for most of them that I've seen that they have said like they just, they like the music. They don't like the music industry, but in you being in the music industry, there are just some things that you're just going to have to do. And if you won't do it, the next Someone person else. behind you will. Exactly. And so, I mean, that's part of it. I mean, that's part of too, of like how much control do you want to have over your career and like what kind of level do you want? I mean, I think a lot of people do want that Beyonce kind of level of success, but they don't really understand like the things that you're kind of giving up to have that success like that. <laughs> I think it's interesting because normally someone at BTS's level over here would definitely be able to have more control over what they do and, you know, the music they drop and if they want to go on tour and things like that. I mean, like, Justin Bieber straight just stopped touring. You know, Zayn left One Direction. I feel like when you get in that comfort zone, you can kind of have a bit more freedom on what you wanted to do. But in Korea, where you know, respectability is everything in a lot of ways. People don't speak up because it's just not done in a lot of ways. And I mean, I don't know the boys. I don't know the situation with Bang PD. I just know that he keeps getting, he keeps getting weight, which I assume means that he's eating well and the boys just never stop. So I don't know well, like what to get from that. And but, then we like, have the whole thing with the supposed paperwork showing where they were negotiating with the well, company. Okay. This yeah. is the thing that's weird about this whole thing because I, I get what Nat is saying, but BTS really can't use that excuse because of the fact that BTS kind of has the power in this situation. They have the, I mean, all the yeah. leverage. Big Hit can't. has no leverage. Big Hit cannot offer them anything that another company can't and won't be ready and willing to. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Big BTS, it's not to be underestimated what impact they're having, not just like on Big Hit, but just in general, like in in terms of economic impact, in terms of like you know the the power, the economic power of appealing to the armies, really. That's kind of what it is. There is 
they have all the leverage, yet they still agree to sign a seven-year contract with the hit, like the well, company that's, that's overworking them. And, we, guess, and you yeah. can say they can, you can say, well, that, you know, da 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 I like, but I guess my issue is, is what are you negotiating out of that contract? Are you asking for more time? I feel like if these other artists, like I, I understand that seniority is, is a big thing, but I don't know. Kong Daniel started his own company. He's not a senior over anybody. You know what I mean? I, like, I, mean, I guess that's part of it too. Is like that of like being assertive, and I mean, I guess maybe this is like a like a whole Western kind of centric view and things like that. But I mean, if you feel that things, if you don't like how things are going, then to speak up and say something yeah. instead of just like going along with it, yeah. just because maybe it's easy and stuff like that. I mean. Because then, like, you're still going to be pissed off and mad, and then nothing's going to change. I mean, I don't know what the outcome of that will be and stuff like that. But if you if things, if you don't like how things are going, then say something about it. I mean, I guess that's true, especially, like, if you're going to make being in inter- entertainment, like, your profession, that you have to speak up. That I mean, you kind of do have to be a B-word sometimes you know, to get things done or be like, really put your foot down and like, no, I'm really not doing this or yes, I will. And like, y'all better figure out how to make it happen. But if you're just complying and you just go along with whatever they say, I mean, the industry is going to use you up and spit you out and then move on. Exactly. Okay. One last thing. Yes. Okay. If, if BTS were able to get away from big hit, do you think oh, that they could successfully, <laughs> launch their own company and bring their armies with them do you think that they could separate they from focused. the kids yes but they would if have they to get focused. somebody huh if they are focused like highlight like if they follow something like highlight did yes but but they have to be in that kind of mindset they have to be the ones to really understand that they're starting over and to really be open to willing to do the hustle all over again, then yes. But if not, which I kind of get that that's what it is right now. No, they're going to flop and they'll be gone like within three years. (laughs) And no, that's part of the thing too. That's part of the question is like, you know, when you ask like, why do artists stay with companies that have treated them poorly or whatever in, in South Korea? And I think with, with BTS, it's, it's kind of like complacency. It's like, you're just kind of, the status quo, right? It's like the bear, like it's kind of like the psychological principle of like if you ask somebody to do you a favor and they say yes one time, they're more likely to do more favors for you. Mm-hmm. That sounds really stupid, but when you apply it to like when you, yeah. I mean, like in terms of like applying it to like K-pop, well, yeah. big hit tells them to do this thing and they do it once. They're gonna feel like it's like a sunk cost fallacy. They're gonna be like, well, we already did this, you know. I guess we already lost, you know, part of our vacation doing Bon Voyage. You know, what does it matter if we do winter package? You know what I mean? They, they might think of it that way, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I, I believe I, I get what you're saying. That I get what everybody's saying, and I, I agree with different things about what everybody's saying. And I think it's one of those situations where if I if if I hear one of the members complain, I don't know. If, if you're not going to try to take steps to change your situation, I don't really want to hear you complain about it. Yeah. Like, I agree. you know, people will be like, um, you know, my, 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 my dishes, I haven't done my dishes all day. And, and then you don't do your dishes. Like you don't, you don't even pick up, you know, some Don dish detergent. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. 
Yeah, like, no, I agree. Yeah, I like, say the, yeah. So, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. Make the best ahead, out Matt. of your situation at that point. Oh, I was just going to point out, like, with the highlight situation, like, like Jay said, you do have to understand that you are starting from the beginning. Companies mm-hmm. are not stupid. They trademark your names. They trademark your songs. Mm-hmm. You, for the most part, cannot leave with a lot of those things if you do not want to resign with the company. And not a lot of groups or artists are willing to do that. I mean, not everybody is as assertive and in charge of their image like Huna, who was able to be like, uh, are you going to get at me and my, and my boyfriend because we're dating? So, um, and who literally threatened her CEO. Not, there's uh, so many people in Korea alone who would never do something like that because it's just not done. And the music well, somebody got to start the trend, huh? Of course, mm-hmm. of course, of course. And I mean, I do agree BTS has more I feel like BTS has more power than they think they have. I think yep. that is the way yeah. to look at it. They can definitely speak up and be like, listen, this is unfair. This you know, um these slave contracts, these things that you're making us do, the fact that we don't get breaks, the fact that we're like always on, like this has to stop. And I think that if they get together as a group and they put their foot down, I think that Big Hit will have no choice but to accept it. I mean, they have text now. The reason that you they yeah. started a new group is because they can't rely on BTS forever. They have to go to the army soon. So mm-hmm. I think it's something that they should force Big Hit to sort of come to terms with and to start easing off and take Girl, a break. Girl, let me and, yeah. see. Let me meet Suk Jin and them. <laughs> let me meet them. You don't know who he is. Let me meet Jungkook and them. That's somebody okay. you know. Let me meet them. <laughs> if I, I meet I, them, I, I'm going to get their careers all the way right. <laughs> Like no. I feel like you—that's the thing. They have to pick somebody who's gonna really run their business the right way. Because I don't see BTS really wanting to do the business part. But you have to. Another part of this too is like the reason why their quality of music has been declining too is because Big Hit is too involved at this point. Because at the very beginning, they kind of let them do whatever they wanted, even to like social media. Like BTS was posting inappropriate stuff on social media. They were like mm-hmm. not nearly as clean cut as what they are now. And that was part of their charm. A lot of their OG fans were like, this is what the BTS that I like, the BTS that didn't, you know, was kind of uncut and did whatever they wanted to do. And it wasn't until like they started getting that Western attention in like 2017. Then they started coming out with songs like Microcosmos and like songs that their original OG fans would not really be into. Like their OG fans are, they want to hear more stuff that was like, I mean, some of them want to go all the way back and hear, (laughs) hear, hear like, like, no, yeah, no, but we are bulletproof, that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. But I would say that a majority (laughs) of the fan base are mad about that because they don't get the more hip hop oriented songs. It's kind of weird, like how they did this 180, and it's clear that the members don't like it either, like. There's this infamous image where it's like a, a screenshot of or a picture of Suga's computer screen and the file. He has a file on his screen that says, I hate EDM. But literally, like, all, like almost all of their title tracks from like the past couple albums have been EDM based or EDM tracks. And mm-hmm. they openly like talk about wanting to get back into writing. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why Jungkook is trying to come out with a mixtape. There's a reason why like each every year a member has like a solo song they're trying to do because Bang PD does not want that. They, he wants the music that he thinks white people in America like. Honestly, you know what BTS really needs? One of them needs a black girlfriend. 
Oh yeah. my god. That was Don't like see that K music and black Girl. women will rise up from the, Girl, the mist. Do not curse <laughs> like that. Let me, let me tell you though, let me tell you, if if Namjoon is dating some girl and he's he's like, Oh, I can't see you because we gotta do these like thirty tour dates and then we gotta do all these award shows and then we gotta do all these music shows as well and we gotta do all this stuff. She's gonna be like, Listen, we need to talk. Do you know how many Namjoon and Normani stands? No, I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I think her. And I'm not like, sacrificing. I will sacrifice Stacey Dash. How about that? That can yeah. be their black <laughs> All I'm saying is that Rocco would be like, "Look, this is what you. This is what you are worth." Okay. Yeah. And you gotta decide what you want to do, King. And you know, <laughs> you know that, that, that's exactly how that conversation is gonna go. Okay. I wouldn't wish um, that fandom on Elas, although. No, no, not not at all. But you're absolutely right. Like somebody from a different culture that had a heavy influence in their lives, I think would be able to change their opinions and help them see just how much like freedom they they can have if they just allow themselves. That is a wonderful fan fiction. If I ever heard one. Gosh, you didn't have to crush their little dreams movie. like that. That's a movie. We can't even get this <laughs> money. Mean, no, I'm going to for them. You should have seen the people that were freaking out when Normani took that picture with NCT. Oh. People were freaking out about that? Yeah. Lizzo took a picture with them, too. Um, the, the contact. She had her hand on the guy's shoulder, and it was... Oh, like, oh, you mean positive freaking out. Yeah. I mean, oh. people wanted her to interact with BTS, but, you know, NCT, you know, that was Honestly, good. NCT is going to get those opportunities every time because one thing that I feel like SM is learning to do with their artists is, you know what is actually interesting too? This is another good point because I shouldn't say my own point is good, but you know what I mean? <laughs> because multiple SM artists have whole solo careers outside of their groups and they're still a part of their groups. Lay is questionable on it. We don't know if Lay is still in EXO, but Taman did it. Jonghyun did it. Keith is doing it. A lot of those guys from the earlier groups, I'm sorry, I'm blanking right now. Like, well, they are, military hits, I mean, they may have to do that. I mean, yeah, I but like, like even before military, Shiny was doing this way before military was even an idea, just doing solo music. And, yeah. and EXO too, EXO was doing unit music. Beckhan has his solos. And yet EXO is still very successful because SM Entertainment realizes that you can have both. <laughs> like, yeah. Whereas Big Hit does not allow BTS to do that. They can't they cannot do that. No, they're their golden goose. Like they want they need to keep the success going at any rate possible. And they don't want to do anything that's gonna disturb that in any manner. Because the military enlistment is gonna do enough to disturb that. So you need to keep the status quo going for as long as possible until that moment where you have to where you absolutely have to like disturb that and like put a, a niche in in that success and yeah. you know have to do something else that's just my take no on it. like you i agree and that's totally like i feel like that's valid and that's correct just i mean that's obviously what they're wanting to do but what you're going to end up doing is burning your artists out mm-hmm. <laughs> your artists are going to yep. start hating what they do mm-hmm. and hating especially hating you just because you're the person that put them in that situation. And it's sad because I, I hate to bring it up this way, but I just, you see when artists, you can physically see like when artists start to get burned out and you can oh, yeah. kind of see when BTS, like that. Obviously, like 
if you're at work, you got a job to do, do your job. But like outside of that, I don't think you have any obligation. Like outside of work, you don't have an obligation to your job. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when when you're off camera, I don't know. I, I think it's a little different when you're dealing with fans. Like the fans don't necessarily deserve whatever your feeling is towards Big Hit for not giving you vacations. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's the case. I do agree that like they are allowed to be tired. They're human. Like I'm not expecting them to be robots or anything. I'm just saying that like if you want to change your situation, you need to actually change it. Like mm-hmm. it's a complex issue. I'm glad we had this discussion though because this applies to so many. I feel like to so many groups. Like even Seventeen having members taking time off because they're they're just tired. <laughs> You know, or they have anxiety. Guy seven, you know, having members taking time off for mental health. You don't see that with BTS. And that's disturbing. No, and I think... It's Aeon, too. What, yeah, I think what we're starting to see, too, is a shift to a place where it's not quite normalized, but it's becoming more regular for people to take a break and not be shamed for it by the mm-hmm. Korean public. I feel like the international public is pretty... We're pretty used to discussions about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, for us, we're like, yeah, do it. I mean, it sucks, you know, whatever, but we want you to be well because we can, mm-hmm. we understand what happens when you're not, right? But uh, in Korea, it looks like a lot of people are more open to the idea that idols are not perfect and that they need help. Like, Taeyeon is pretty much like after her tour, she said she's going to take time to get help. Like mm-hmm. she's she straight up said it. Um, and so that's something that I I wouldn't expect people to be as open about like five, even five years ago. I wouldn't expect people to be like, I need to take a break for my mental health because people would be like, are you joking? You're weak. You're rich. Why? How could you be depressed and rich? You know, and so mm-hmm. um, but I'm. I find it really interesting that I thought this was going to be like the shortest discussion. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I did too, Think but again. I feel like because yeah. I think the reason why it is so long is because number one, it applies to so much more than just BTS in terms of like, I feel like Ash started it. We can blame it on her because she started talking about how nobody takes boy band seriously, which yeah. is complete and utter facts. I mean, you yeah. can't argue with that. And, and I, but I feel like it was a good discussion because I feel like, like I said, it just applies to so many different things. Great discussion, everybody. Discussions. Next up, we have a story uh, about Amber, formerly of FX. And she appeared on CBS's This Morning television show and it was basically a report on K-pop and about primarily the suicides and um, the passing of Sully and Kuhara. And it was basically called the dark side of K-pop, Stop the Stigma, and about mental health and um, the suicides that have been prevalent in K-pop. And Amber just, she spoke about Sully saying, just let her live, let her be an artist. She also spoke on her experiences being in K-pop, particularly about how female idols have it so hard. And she was 
specifically said that she was told her skin was too tan and that she had to brighten her skin. She lost a lot of weight and she developed bad eating disorders. And basically that there's a stigma against mental health in South Korea. And these are all things that many of us know and it's not surprising. One thing that I have noticed in the wake of what happened to Sully and Kuhara and everything that's ha- that happened last year is that there's been this kind of movement among fans. And not that I don't see where they're coming from, but when the media covers K-pop and decides to cover the dark side of K-pop, so to speak, people get very testy about it. And they say, well, why is this the only thing that they decide to cover about K-pop? There's more to K-pop than just suicides and weight loss and this and that. And there's truth to that. Of course, there's aspects of it. I mean, there's reason why it has so many fans. There's positive aspects of it, the music and the artistry and, you know, what these individuals work so hard for. But I don't think that we, at the same time, I don't think that that means that we need to silence these reports that are coming out. Because I feel like the only way that these things are going to change is if someone holds up a mirror to South Korea or they see other people talking about it. And that forces them to change or to make changes on their own because these are things that are happening. These, the suicides, all of this stuff is continuing to happen. It's going to continue to happen regardless of how many people become K-pop fans. And it may even increase. We don't know, but I mean, it's there. I mean, there's no point in ignoring it. And as it continues to occur, it's going to attract the attention of the media. It's going to attract the attention of other people. And it's not saying that that's the only thing worth knowing about K-pop, but it's a it's significant. I mean, I feel like that's kind of, it's almost like belittling, I don't want to say that, but I mean, you know, these people that, that died, I mean, it's almost, you know, saying, well, you shouldn't talk about it because that makes K-pop look bad. I mean, these people suffered. And I, I just, I don't like the feeling that people are trying to cover it up in the sense so that K-pop looks good. Because this is happening and there's no point in trying to act like this isn't an integral aspect of this business and this industry because there are a lot of things going on that causes these things to happen and business itself operates on so much lack of having anything else to say blood sweat and tears and pain and suffering to to get that product that you enjoy so much and ignoring it is is only going to make things worse so what do you guys think? I I really agree, and I feel like you're spot on with it. I have seen a lot of the critiques and talking points that a lot of people fear that, you know, it, it's also, it's like the fear that, like you said, 
that it's making K-pop look bad, but it's also people going, well, you're kind of putting South Korea in a box or like the inter their entertainment industry in a box and saying that these things represent that their industry. And I mean, I, I kind of get that, but I kind of don't because of the fact that it's, it, when we talk about, for example, Western entertainment, right? We still talk about the horrific things that go on in it. I mean, right now, for example, like the Me Too movement, we're talking about, you know, all of these predators. And and I feel like it's okay to have these discussions. It doesn't reflect on your entire industry or your entire country just because, I mean, you know, yes, there are R. Kelly's in the world, there are Harvey Weinstein's in the world, and Kevin Spacey's and all of these things. But then there are many people who are not like that and are, do not participate in those things. And you can take that sort of logic and apply it to the situations that are going on in the South Korean, or the, specifically the K-pop industry, where it's like, yes, there are these huge incidents that happens. There's these there are these companies that are horrible to their to their you know trainees, and the, the system altogether is flawed in many ways, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be representative of the entire industry. So when people say that, I don't really understand it because I I feel like you can't just look at it one way. Like no other industry gets that treatment. So why would K-pop get that treatment? And I know a lot of people are going to jump to the racism or xenophobia excuse. And that kind of goes like what we're talking about with whenever like there's a critique on a K-pop artist by a Western entity, specifically a white entity. There's lots of times people saying, well, there's a racist undertone to it, right? And I mean, I don't really get that a lot of the time. I just don't. I, I feel like in this, I don't think that focusing or not focusing, but just highlighting some of the horrific things that happen in K happens in K-pop, I don't think that's a bad thing, especially when, and let's be real about this, there's also a lot of propaganda that makes it seem like it's this amazing, wonderful industry, and that South Korea is a utopia. And we know this, we've seen this, we, I remember, was it the, um, the BBC documentary, where there were parts of that documentary where it was like, well, South Korea, you know, it, it almost made it seem like they were, they were more morally just than Western industries, because if you even think about looking at uh, a, a drug, you're automatically getting ridiculed or whatever, as if to say they have superior morals, right? So it, I feel like there's a lot of negative stuff that comes out about the industry, but there's also a lot of this, what I feel like is propaganda, to be honest. I mean, and that you can correct me because I know that you were, um, you had seen you were, you know, looking at the uh, situation where there was like a seminar that Big Hit held, Big Hit Entertainment held, and it was like, it seemed like propaganda. <laughs> and it, like, there's a lot of stuff like that that goes out about K-pop. So I just don't see the problem in highlighting the negative issues, especially like Ash said, in the sense that you can, the more people who I mean, I feel like if you have eyes on it, you can change it. I mean, just like this Me Too movement. Now that it's been brought to people's attention, there's there's starting to be this sort of semblance of justice happening, you know, and, and maybe you can have that same impact in Korean entertainment. Maybe by talking about it and understanding where the cause is and understanding, you know, how everything connects and being you can start to create solutions for the problem. So I agree with a lot of what you said, Ash, and there is definitely, a, it's definitely very 
multifaceted and Amber, I don't like the girl, but I felt like from what I know that she said, I felt like she was being very candid and very open about it. And people need to hear that, especially from somebody who actually was in it. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I I think you made like a lot of really good points about the propaganda of it all, because I feel like K-pop and just Korea in general, it's really run on this image of perfection and uh, sort of like this way of whitewashing all their problems. And so people, you know, they fall into K-pop, they fall into K-dramas, the K-beauty, and all they see is, you know, this fake, smiling, happy, like, populace. And there's so much darkness below it. Like, I, I read somewhere that Korea has one of the highest rates of suicide and... Uh, I mean, there's issues with their aging population and a lot of, um, you know, the older people who can't make a living and, you know, they're basically destitute in a lot of ways. They have a lot of environmental issues. People are not happy. I mean, if you I watch a lot of videos of, of expats in like Korea and Japan. And I mean, like even I feel like they sometimes kind of paint a picture of like this perfect utopia out like away from, you know, the Western world where things are just, like, better in some ways. But then you look at, there's this guy in Japan who does these videos of, like, a day in the life of uh, a salary worker, a day in the life of a student. And I've seen sort of, like, the equivalent in Korea. And basically, like, some people who go to school, like, in the city, you know, so they can get a good job and, like, take care of their family. They live in literally rooms as large as my bathroom if even that, okay? <laughs> and I have two bathrooms. So, I mean, I cannot imagine living in that kind of environment or you where you have like communal kitchens in a lot of ways because you your your room that you're renting so you can go to school is so small and all you eat is ramen and rice, you know, and it's like you know, some of these people are kind of like this is what you have to do to get where you need to be and I I feel like a lot of uh trainees are like that too. Where they're like, this is what I have to do in order to get ahead, you know, or to get into a group so that I can make it big and I can be something and be someone. And the next BOA, the next just girls generation, you know, and whatnot. And so they do things, you know, like where they they live in a closet or they uh, live with their parents because they can't afford a place of their own. They hold off on getting married because they can't afford the life marriage you have to pay to get married in a lot of places so there's one thing and then on top of that you, you think about like having kids can you afford this probably not and so you do a lot of sacrificing and I think Amber very much verbalized the sacrifice she made she you know with messing up her body messing up her skin and obviously it wasn't as powerful maybe in some ways for her as it was with Sully and Sully that's why Sully is no longer here while Amber is but I think maybe Amber too being American and having a place to escape to might have helped her a bit more whereas some of the idols in Korea who are Korean that's all they have in a lot of ways there's no escape for them uh so yeah i mean the whole idea of this sheer sort of uh layer on top <laughs> that says perfect utopia everything is great 
people buy into that and a lot of ways then you get a story about a suicide and for a lot of k-pop fans i feel like it really rocks them in a lot of ways but i guess i've been in k-pop a really long time and i'm not saying that like the the latest news wasn't an emotional like punch in the face because it really was especially for guhara i mean i i love that girl so it was really hard, but I've been in K-pop long enough to know that this is a reality. We had idols who weren't just singing, who were acting as well, too, who committed suicide. We had, I cannot remember her name, but one of the stars of Boys Over Flower, she was pretty much being prostituted out and sex trafficked by her company and she ended up writing a tome of like all the people who abused her and then she committed suicide and that was something that they actually reopened a couple years ago and still no one has been brought to justice so I guess for for me anyways just being in, in this industry and realizing what Korea is and I mean what Korea is no greater or worse than what most countries are so I'm not saying it's just Korea but just being in the industry long enough to, you know that behind every smile is some, it's usually some terrible story about something that happened when they were training, something that happened when they, you know, their company pimped them out to, you know, foreign visitors, which actually did happen to Girls' Generation uh, many times from what I've heard. And they are pretty much seen as the biggest group in K-pop, like a biggest female group in K-pop. So if it could happen to them, there is so many other things that could happen to to smaller groups from smaller companies where people don't even have money because it all goes to the agency. And so, I don't know, I kind of feel like it's good that Amber is in a place where she can be honest about what happened and be honest uh, and, and speak about Sully because we haven't had a lot of people really get to speak out about what happened uh, or maybe just like in 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 memory of them. And I kind of like that, that Amber was able to sort of memorialize Sunny, Sully, sorry, and and uh, they showed clips as well too of their time together. And it was actually really nice and really heartfelt. So I really did appreciate that. And so there have been a couple of articles lately about suicide in Korea and in the K-pop world. Most of them are, are also, I think, in a lot of ways, propaganda tools because... Every industry has suicide. I mean, in in the Western world, we have what the Club of Twenty Seven, Biggie Smalls, Kurt Cobain. Like it's it's a thing. Uh, oh yeah, the Twenty Seven Club started yeah. by J- J- Jimi Hendrix and yes, a lot of lot of popular. Yeah, artists. the lead singer of the Doors. I can't remember his name, but yeah, like there's a lot of people who are in that club, and I think the difference is that they're venerated in and sort of looked and and sort of made icons in a lot of ways versus in Korea where it's it's sad but also like you're rich why are you complaining (laughs) you know so it's it's a a very different way that we look at it and so they can't really write oh the dark side of rock and roll because people are like that's just rock and roll the dark side of hip-hop oh well that's just hip-hop and you know like so they can't really write about it the same way they can't uh, sensationalize it the same way that they can do with k-pop because then you'll have all these fans like no Opa is not like that, <laughs> you know? Well, the, is not yeah. like that. So it's so weird. Like, you can't actually be honest about it. But there was actually an article that somebody wrote recently. Um, 
I didn't get to finish all of it because it was pretty heavy, but I did put it on our Twitter and I mean, this will go out after, so probably people would have seen it. But it will be on our Twitter, and there is, like, a trigger warning because it deals with suicide. But the author was, like, how um, sometimes uh, – I think there was an example of an idol who reached out to them and was, like, you know, these are my last words, pretty much, because they had had enough. And so I think – it's important to have this discussion. It's important to realize that the facade is just that. It is a facade. And it's not to say that there are not people who enjoy 1,000% of, you know, everything that happens in their lives. But if you look at all the top groups, there has always been some shit going on, okay? So it's not to say that, like, it's just uh, SM groups or it's just this, it's just that. No, it's not. I think I, I actually really... I want to say that I appreciate in some ways that SM groups have always been pretty open about talking about mental health. And I think more so than any company that I could see, uh, because I mean, I think Lee took from Super Junior had also mentioned that they had like a group of people who needed, you know, to vent and to sort of like speak on their thoughts and things like that. So it's something that it's not promoted, but it's something that has always been a bit more open, culturally speaking, at SME, and people do have the room for it, but in comparison to other companies. But honestly, I think if you are a trainee and you go through all that and you debut and you, you know, you grind, I think you do need to have some sort of therapy, maybe even be put on some medication because being an idol is not easy. Look at like what's going on with twice i mean you have neon being stalked and the whole group being under custody like that will take a toll on every single member not just neon you know so and you have um somebody from got seven has just said that they're not going to be able to perform i think at the golden disc or something like that and so you have all of these groups very recently who have one member here two members here who were just like i can't i can't do this right now and people are being okay with it for the most part. And I think that is great. I think we need to have nuanced discussions about every aspect of K-pop, including the the high rates of suicide in Korea and how that trickles down to K-pop and, and idol-dumb, I guess, or idolhood. <laughs> and I think also Western fans should probably just shut up a bit in some yeah. ways and not talk about it because it's not really we don't know what it's like to be a Korean person living in Korea and being raised under the the cultural aspects of that country so there's a lot of things we don't get and a lot of people act like they do know because you know they they know Opa and and they know Nuna and how they live their lives and they've been a fan for a really long time but you don't know so <laughs> no. like let's let Korea let's let's let Koreans discuss mental health issues in the country we can be supportive as fans and as people who care about the well-being of some of these people but outside of that like let's let people like amber talk about it i mean i don't know about alexa i don't know why she was in this interview think she's american she has only recently been in korea <laughs> promoting I mean, an point, i was just like very confused then i saw her there i was like you just debuted which means you and she, maybe maybe it was to get like that sort of new perspective like has anything changed because amber did debut a little bit before you know a little bit ago while she has this new i don't know i'm oh, trying to come oh. up with some logic <laughs> alexa, i read the interview and i watched most of the video i actually didn't get to watch the whole thing but alexa added zero any like anything to she didn't 
she didn't add any like nuance or any dimension to the to the video. She talked about how like how long it took to film her music video. I was oh. like, that's how long it takes everybody to film a music video. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like kind of strange that she was even there. I guess they just couldn't ha- find anybody else and maybe didn't want to focus all of it on Amber. But I think that would have been fine if they had just focused on Amber because I feel like Amber, you know, she was in a group for almost 10 years and it was a huge group and they they had a whole bunch of accomplishments. I feel like Amber's experience alone would have been enough to add weight and add education to to the story. Alexa just was kind of pointless there. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think, too, you made a good point earlier about, like, just there there's a lot of – it speaks to culture, right? And I think that when you talked about the 27 Club – in the U.S. and how they become icons. In the U.S., it's in, in the West in general. I say it's a it's very individualistic, right? We the the needs and the priorities and the goals of the individual are very important. In the East, it's not like that. It's very collectivistic. It's all about the whole, the greater whole, and how you contribute as as a piece of it. And I think a lot of that mentality. I'm not going to comment on like the specific my views on like collectivism or individualism or that conversation right now. But I will comment on like how it affects Western fans, because you start to notice. And and we talk about this. We touched on this on our last episode, I believe, though. Oh, no, it was about two episodes ago. It was one where it's just me and that. And we were just kind of we started talking about um, I think we talked about greatest artists of the decade. And then we were going through the different artists who had impact and what they brought that was nuanced. And I know we talked about quite a few people who she, I know you talked about Guyan and like how, what she did for like, she made a song about <laughs> like female masturbation, that kind of thing. And we talked about artists who were, and we talked about Hannah, how she yes. recently came out about anxiety and dealing with, you know, mental health issues. And we talked about how hopefully that will become a trend. Yes. And it, just thinking of that and, and seeing kind of how a lot of I, international fans are reacting with this sort of closed minded, like, let's just ignore the problems perspective. It feels like it's like this. I don't know. It's like the 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 culture is rubbing off on Western fans, which I'm pretty sure is what South Korea intends. I'm pretty sure that's I mean, we all know that K-pop is highly politicized. It's not like Everything about K-pop is meant to spread the influence of the Korean culture, the Korean nation, the Korean economy, all of that. Nothing's wrong with it. You got to do what you got to do. Every country does it in some way, shape or form. But I think where it becomes difficult is where you have idols who are actually speaking out that this hurts them. You have idols who are unfortunately feel like they have to go to extreme lengths to to resolve the issue quote unquote and I don't know why I said quote unquote because it's not a quote but you know what I mean like uh, resolve the issue in a, in a sense and yet you still want to take this sort of view that's not nuanced at all like you want to take this view that's like let's just ignore it because it's just giving us bad press like you sound like a proper part of the propaganda machine that's what you sound like to me I think that, like you said, and I like, I do think that that I fans are allowed to have opinions on it, and they're allowed to like have, you know, they they're allowed to have discussions about it. 
I don't think it's appropriate to completely disregard somebody's experience just because it makes something that you like look bad. That's where like you have to like apply that nuance. Like, yes, you can talk about your own views on it like we're doing right now. We're talking about our views on whether or not Amber should speak out about stuff like this and how she spoke out about it or Alexa or whatever. Um, That's fine. What's not appropriate is when you try to shut down the conversation. That's not appropriate. So, yeah, that's really interesting. I think it ties back to uh, like Korean or mostly K-pop fans and their um, sort of like hide, hide, hide (laughs) kind of mentality. Like as soon as something gets um, a bit of momentum, their idea is to bury it. So they, you know, they'll flood the tags and, and move it down. They will, you know, start hashtags to yeah. sort of like ignore it. And so it, I don't know, like for whatever reason, instead of being able to sort of just face, you know, a reality, <laughs> the best thing is to like hide it away and act like it never happened. And, you know, I... I do agree that, you know, as international fans, because it's something that we do consume, we should be able to discuss it. Uh, I just feel like sometimes people go too far and they act like, as I said, they act like they know personally what is going on. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you need to calm down. You've never even been to Korea. You know three words. Like, you need to stop. You know, yeah. like, you need to, like, focus on your life. Because, you know, we are human beings. We should be able to you know have a healthy relationship with ourselves rather than focusing all of it that attention and energy on other people who don't know you exist I don't know it's well that's like the crux of it isn't it like that's yeah. so many of the problems in k-pop and with the fandom pretty much yeah. start right there I feel like so mm-hmm. yeah I definitely like agree with that like too many people, I feel like they think, like you said, they think they know them. They think they know their experiences just because, you know, you you might interact with them on Live or you go to like a fan meet or something like that. Like, no, <laughs> that's not how it works. And this segues into Twice and the situation with uh, Neon's stalker. So have you guys been keeping up with that? Yeah, so pretty much they've been, like you said, they're in custody. I mean, they've been given police protection um, from this German fan who approached Nayeon on a flight from Japan to Seoul. And he basically, he caused, according to an article, he caused a major disturbance by trying to approach her on the flight. On uh, on Tuesday, and apparently the fan has been warned about his behavior on numerous occasions by JYP Entertainment, and JYP says that it's going to take the highest level of legal action to protect Nayeon, and apparently her flight information, her travel plans and everything were sold to him, which is how he was able to find out, you know, where she was going and get on the plane. He wasn't detained after the aircraft landed in Seoul. And he says that the managers attacked him on the airplane for no good reason. And that he just, I, and I quote, 
I wanted to give Nayan my love letters calmly, and then two managers jumped on me. What the hell is going on? And then he said, it is sad to see that a lot of people seem to misunderstand the situation. I never meant to bother anyone and just want to make Nayan happy. And I'm very thankful for the supporters I have, which is a whole other issue. And it's just, I'll let... I'll let Nat go into this a little more, too, because there's a whole other issue here with the stalker and how he's been getting interviewed and has been getting support from people. But basically, you know, this is not the first time that Sasing fans have been acting inappropriate toward them. Jihyo was injured at an airport in Korea um, not too long ago when she collided with a fan that approached her and you know they've just had you know they've had other disgusting fan inc- incidences as well and it's very disturbing but that I know that you have some more to say about kind of like the other half of this story well so we were talking about how international fans and I mean just fans in general act like they know these celebrities and they sort of weave these maybe fantasies about them uh, about knowing them and I mean we see it play out all the time when people see a video of their favorite their favorite idol and maybe he's pouted a bit and they like create this reason for why he was pouting and it's it's very strange uh but with the stalker in general so he's a German dude uh let's see i gotta scroll up a bit to get to his name uh so his name is josh and i guess they call him the Ger- the german name stalker and he has been harassing nan like there's no other way of putting that because she has not in any capacity seemed like she is okay with this man trying to approach her and trying to find her in Korea. Like, I mean, that's the whole reason he is in Korea. It is to approach her and in his words, to have her get to know him so that they can be happy together. These are like his actual words. And so there was a bit of drama and controversy because K Apocalypse, who we also had on the pop, the podcast, he interviewed Josh and a lot of Wences were very upset about it because they felt that it was giving him a platform. But as somebody who actually read the article um, and the interview itself, it one this the stalker guy had already created his own platform by then. He was national news. It's like widely known in Korea. It's actually international news at this at, at this uh, this point because he, everybody knows. That Neon has a stalker and that he was on Reddit, that he has these YouTube videos. Everybody already knows him because he has already created his own platform. So nothing, I, in my opinion, nothing that K-Apocalypse did brought more attention to him in that regard. I feel like what this actually did was show how batshit crazy he is. And I know some people have problems with that word because, you know, the whole mental health thing and, you know, you know, people like that do need help. And I do feel like Josh needs help. But also I feel like... His problem, like, what is, I personally think is tied up in his problem is tied up also in patriarchy. And that's something that, you know, has to, like, unless you dismantle all of patriarchy, it's going to be something that is, is, will continue. And I don't think just sending him to therapy is going to help, personally. Uh, 
he pretty much is, is treats himself as the victim. He says that basically all the things that we know or we hear about him is fake news. Even though, even that Reddit post that he had put out about how somebody breaks your heart, you should kill them because you are morally right to kill them if they hurt your heart and whatnot. And he, he, he's, he wrote this subreddit post and it is, oh my God, like insane. And he put it on the internet. People found it connected to, to him. He has, tried to flat out say that it was not him even though there are like the internet will be able to figure this out like it's not hard and they tied it to him so to to tie that into what he has been saying about neon and about how he wants to get to know her he wants to get chance to dispel his any sort of fake news that she has heard about him because he's not a stalker he doesn't want to harm her he just wants her attention and he wants to be in her life and he wants to make her happy because she makes him happy and he claims that he knows her very well from the videos that he has seen on that we have all seen I guess somehow he's been able to decipher who she is as a person from these videos and it it's really strange how people are not able to connect this to some of the very flagrant behavior that we have seen from fans on the internet especially the fans that push bullying the fans that push transphobia racism colorism appropriation things like that Uh, and i'm not saying that they're on the same level obviously not but a lot of what they do is in the name of what they feel for these idols that they do not know who don't know them and probably wouldn't give them the time of day if they weren't giving them money so it that's one aspect of it and then another aspect is that I feel like JYP didn't do enough to protect her and to dissuade this behavior because I mean now they're doing a lot because he has the attention obviously but as somebody who is also who's also been in this industry for a very long time we do know that companies want they're there to make money and say songs make a lot of fucking money and so they're not there to dissuade a lot of the most negative behavior usually until it gets too late until you have Luhan in a cab from the airport being chased by like in a car chase, mind you, um, by fans who, you know, like, thank God there were no accidents, but that's what happens. You have idols sneaking into Lay's room and playing around with his underwear and taking it and showing people as a prize. You know, you have a lot, you had, uh, what was that new girl group who had um, a fan? I don't know if he, like, tried to look up their skirts or they were wearing, oh, they were wearing recording, well, there was one, but there were also like fans who have recording glasses when they meet fans at uh, meet idols at fan meets. Like a lot of this behavior, in a lot of ways, is not dissuaded until it gets to a point where uh, I don't know if the idol puts their foot down or if maybe the idol makes it more public that they're being harassed, and then th- now the company has to react because it's been become a public situation, but. It's, it's one of those things where I feel like if you didn't have this industry where people were selling 
information about the idols and about where they travel to, how, what flight they're on, what their seats are. If you didn't have this, you know, underground business and that has been flourishing for since first generation, uh, you wouldn't have something. I mean, you could still have situations like this, but I feel like it would be in far and in between. And I definitely feel like they could have nipped the situation with the stalker in the bud a lot faster if they had known. Like, they should have approached the German consulate and and probably tried to get him banned from entering the country. Because the only reason he was going to the country was to talk to Nan. And he he has pretty much said in this interview that he is not going to rest or stop until he talks to Nan. And... I mean, that's scary. Like, that's crazy scary. Uh, he doesn't seem to understand that she, he's not owned her time. He doesn't seem to understand that what he's doing is harmful. Just because he's not, like, trying to, like, steal her away and take her back to Germany. I mean, so he says. Because he says he doesn't want to do that. He feels like he is not a stalker. He is not harmful. Um, and... Because he only wants, he claims he only wants to, this romantic relationship with her, not a sexual relationship with her. It's, it was all very, like, like, I I kind of understood what he was trying to say. And I think he only said it that way so that he would come across as less creepy. I think this guy is much smarter than he he appears to be in a lot of ways he's also very unstable but he he also is very smart in how he words things and the the fact that he always goes by google definitions or dictionary definitions rather than actually analyzing his behavior and so just like most of the topics we've had today it's there is so much information and so many ways you can go with it there's so many layers it's like an onion when you talk about say songs and you talk about stalkers and you talk about celebrityism and you talk about what companies are willing to do or even want to do uh to dissuade that kind of behavior and so it's it's all to say that this guy is bad news I mean, he talked about like going to the a building that he thought she lived in and talking to the the guard at the front and getting uh, a book of all the people who live in the building just to look up her name and going to cafes he knows that she goes to and talking to people and figuring out oh she goes here sometimes okay so he knows to go back there he goes to JYP he gave he gave her a gift went back to JYP because he literally expected a com- a phone call from her after he gave her this gift. It is so terrifying, like so terrifying. And I don't know how Nan is out performing right now because if it was me, I would be at home with all the lights on, my security on, I would be terrified. I'd be actually probably doing like self-defense classes at this point because this guy is terrifying, Uh, but yeah, I, I can read some stuff from this article if you guys want to hear it, but it is pretty crazy. What do you guys think? What have you heard? Uh, I feel like I said a lot, and now I can't remember everything that I said. So. <laughs> well, for me, this is kind of like what I said earlier about how the artist, I feel that they have more say-so in how things go when we're talking about BTS. I mean, this is part of it. Um, I know I've, like, been on the very far fringes of it, but 
there have been some situations, even for me, even though I'm complete nobody, where people did recognize me, and it was like they knew things about me that I never made public. And so, I mean, that was, I mean, that was scary because I was like, I don't know who this person is. I never seen him before. Um, I guess they saw me when I was doing like those shows and whatnot. But for them to like know the things that they did, that was scary. And I mean, it would just be like randomly, like I would be with my friends and these people would just come up to me and stuff like that. Um, but then, you know, I, I told them like, you know, I'm glad that you like the show, but you know, don't do this cause this is it. I wasn't, I wasn't in like the entertaining mode for them. You know, I'm, like, trying to live my life and hang out with my friends or things like that. So it's one thing, like, if it was at a show, then, yeah, that's fine to, like, you know, say, like, I like the show. You know, like, what you do, like, the gifts, things, even that whole aspect of it. Um, but, I mean, that's something that the artists that they have to do, that they have to set those kind of boundaries. I mean, you know, like, the whole gift-giving thing, um, I personally don't think that people should give that the artist shouldn't accept the gift because then that changes like how the person giving it is going to perceive them. Like they feel like they have like a more personal connection to them. Cause like, Oh, like, you know, like the whole thing about give giving is like, you know, give it to somebody that you like, you know, that you want to have a relationship with. And so like them accepting it, it changes like the dynamic or it adds to the dynamic that of something that wasn't even there. And then for some people like this, German guy or people like him like you accepting the gift it's kind of like you are starting excuse me to enable some of their other behaviors of like okay well they accepted my gift so now um I can go to places that they go to or I can just go up and talk to them anytime like that I really do, I really think so I mean that's like the thing kind of sometimes with SM that I like that they're like don't give us any gifts but then like on the their birthdays they'd be getting like 12 macbook computers and all that and i'm almost like no don't accept it like you know be like donate that or you know give it to charity something like that you know just come to the show and have a good time and you know buy the album like leave it at that um and now like you were saying like things don't happen until it gets to like this extreme point where you know this bad is like on some level, I feel like there's some concern that he could really hurt her and stuff like that. If they, if God forbid that they do me and then she says, like, leave me alone and then he kills her. Like, I know that's extreme, but it can happen. It has happened in the past with other people. Um, but for things, so like, like you were saying, like, there were points before now where somebody should have stepped in and been like, this needs to stop. You need to go. Like, this is over. Canceled. But it wasn't. And, then, like, the people that he said he has supporters and fans, those people aren't any better than him because they are enabling him or, like, making it okay for him to act this way. And what kind of message is that going to send out to other people that have similar views and just a similar thoughts to him like well if he can do it then it's okay for me to do when it's not at all like that and i mean i think that's overall like in this whole fandom culture that why 
it's important for the artist and the label to set like the boundaries of like this is what is okay and this is what isn't some people are like more open about what's going i mean this <laughs> this is a whole nother thing which i feel like people now share way too much about what's going on in their lives as artists and i mean it's all for me just a marketing thing so that people will like be more in tune to buy their stuff and all that kind of and i mean it's like it's not just like to me, it should be the focus like on the music and just like enjoying the show and things like that and leaving it at that. Um, so, I mean, I don't really know what to expect to come out of this situation or like things like this is just how it's probably going to have to be for a long time because that guy seems really persistent about it um, and that they're just going to have to really be on things and not, you know, like slip up or let up. I didn't feel that this does happen with the older idols, too, but, like, you don't hear about it as much, because I know, like, a few years ago, 2PM even was, like, having to tell, like, the Sase fans to, like, leave them alone, and, I mean, they're not really talked about as much nowadays, but, I mean, I thought that was kind of like, oh, I thought, like, you know, they had all moved on to, you know, somebody else, but, I mean, these guys are, like, almost in their 30s, and they still have to tell some of those fans like you know like don't show up to my house like leave me alone this is a problem with a lot of the big fandoms especially the biggest one and then they're you know twice as fans are it's a huge fandom i know that we don't see a lot of onces in the u.s but the way that you know they're not as visible i would say as some of the boy group fandoms but they're there and and i think part of why they're not as visible is because a lot of them are like adult men and yeah. so the way they are visible is in a very different way like than these teenage girls. These teenage girls, it's like this Twitter drama. But these men, it's a lot. Not saying all men are creepy, but you know what I mean. It can get very creepy, like this situation right now, very quickly. And once again, I'm not trying to say the teenage girls won't get creepy because they will. But I'm just saying like there seems to be a correlation from what I see. Like a lot of girl groups, besides like Red Velvet and Blackpink, tend to have this. There's a portion of their fan base that you know is just there to, to sexualize them. Yep, all the fan cams all the time. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's uh it's one of those like as I said, it's like a very nuanced, tricky kind of situation because a lot of times people just you know they want to make music, they want to perform on stage, and it's because K-pop world, it's not just about that. It's about fan meets. It's about being on V lives. It's about being on Twitter now and Instagram, like a lot of groups now have individual Instagram so they can, you know, connect with their fans more. It's about putting yourself out there more and more and more. And, you know, you are making a profit. So you know, it's not like you're not getting anything out of this. You're getting the attention, you're getting the fame, you're getting money. And, but because people are not just decent human beings, <laughs> you're going to have situations where people take it too far. And a lot of times in these situations, as I said, I feel like companies don't do enough early enough and it always escalates and people like there's that situation, uh, was it with TVXQ or one of the first gen groups where uh, a fan like blinded them or got some sort of poison, something like that in their eye, like a fan me and it turned out to be an anti and it was like uh, a thing that happened. Uh, People throwing panties on stage, people sneaking in people's house, living in their basements. 
I mean, like, there's so many stories of what crazy people will do. Oh, I hate using that word. What what some people do to take things far. People, yeah, people who have yeah. no respect for other people's boundaries is what and it people is. people who don't understand. I, I was going to say, you're right, because, like, there is this nuance between there are people who are legitimately mentally ill and need to be yeah. seen because yeah. that behavior, you can't explain it. And then there are people that just don't care. And those are the people that we pop in big bottles, put it like that. And you can finish my sentence. I, I, I have no feelings whatsoever for people who just don't care. Like if you have a mental health issue that causes you to ha- have these impulses, I think you need to be helped. But if you're just somebody who don't care, that's totally different. Yeah. I feel like the most vocal people are the ones who just don't care in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're not, you know, out there trying to shoot people in the face or like, selena people or whatever i guess but they you know they yeah i mean that's actually it came to mind when i think when jay was talking about presents from vans and stuff like that that's what came to mind because that was definitely a situation where she wasn't unstable she was very unstable and people kind of allowed it in a lot of ways right yeah and so it's it's unfortunate i mean i'm i am very thankful that jyp has now you know stepped in and the police are there, and I, I just don't understand why this man is still in Korea. Like, I, for the life of me, I do not understand why they have not They can't deport him. him? Yeah, I was going to say, like, it, I hate to put it this way, but if this was the U.S., that man would have been deported. Like, yeah. period. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, it's it, Ash mentioned he had fans. I didn't know that he had fans. Uh, because, I mean, it wasn't in this interview, and I haven't looked up anything else about him. But that's not surprising, because, I mean... You'd have to be a fan of him or just don't care about the situation to sell him information about Neon on her flight after, like, it's, you know, national news that she he's stalking her and that he he wishes to do harm to her in a lot of ways. Like, it's it's kind of insane to me that you would do that just for a couple of dollars here or there. I mean, I'm sure that it costs a lot of money for that information, but still, it's not worth her life, you know? It's not worth her her mental health. Because you wanted to make an extra dollar here by selling that information. I actually hope that they find whoever did it. Because I think they need to start taking make make an example of a lot of these people and, and these underground idol selling sort of uh, idol information selling industries that happened behind the scenes. Because I feel like, okay, when you, said, when you talk about them taking down these people that sell information, lots of times these people actually work within the company. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what has been something that I've noticed. It'll be like like, for example, the people that sold there was this guy that was selling like he was leaking BTS music before it dropped. He was like he was telling like fans all kind of information where they were going to be. And he worked for Big Hit. So like that's just what I've seen. And it's like you some companies are so shady that they won't stop that kind of thing. I mean, I agree with everything that's been said. I mean, it's it's a problem that, like, it encompasses everything. I mean, you've got the industry, which encourages it, and then you've got social media, which also encourages it, and society, which feeds into it, and it's just kind of, it pops out these people that, you know, almost feel entitled you guys are talking about Beyonce, and I mean, I've heard people criticize her because of 
how private she is for a, a celebrity and the fact that she doesn't post things all the time and isn't always, you know, corresponding with people on social media. And like, I've heard that be, you know, talked about as a negative because she's not the Kardashians or whatever and is, is you know, showing stuff about her private life 24-7. And it's just because that's become the new normal now. And I mean, you have average everyday people that are posting about them doing what they do on their average day, you know, to people and they're not even celebrities. It's just people seem to feel like that is necessary now. And it's, I mean, from in my opinion, it's kind of sad because, I mean, we should be able to live in the moment and do as we like to do without having, without worrying about what other people are thinking about, you know, or how other people react to our photos or how many likes we get or whatever. And it's also dangerous. I mean, you have celebrities that get stalkers, but I mean, you have regular people that, you know, you post that you're on vacation and then somebody comes and robs your house. <laughs> I mean, while yeah. you're gone. I mean, it's just, it's too much in my opinion. But as we all know, it's a new year and with the new year comes new resolutions and fresh start and all that good stuff. And I think that we should each talk about any resolutions that we may have, if you guys have any. So if you have, like, do you guys have any resolutions for, like, the podcast or personally? I know we did talk a little bit about, like, New Year, New Year New stuff us. at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And the beginning of the podcast. But um, just in general, like, what are your hopes going forward for um, K-pop or for the podcast or for more? Both? I would say more engagement. I mean, I know you guys be listening, but, you know, a nice comment or some constructive criticism or just, you know, like a, hey, what's up? That would be nice. Uh, so I hope that we can put out content that you guys feel comfortable with engaging with in 2020. Check out the website because when we get that um, on and pop in, it's going to be really good. <laughs> Um, also help us get to KCON or Coachella. <laughs> I'm putting that out there so it can manifest. Um, yeah, four of us. Um, you know, another year for us. Yeah, we still got this thing going. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's all I got. Jimin? Another year of um, you and just to laugh. I'm gonna keep doing that. Um. Yeah, just stay with us, continue with us on this journey, guys. You know, um, we got a lot of different things we want to do. We, it'll be, I'm not going to, I don't want to make your expectations higher or nothing like that. So the, the keep your expectations low, but stay with us on this journey. And there's a lot of stuff to come. We've been hinting at a website trying to get it together. But you know, we got lives and jobs that actually pay us for our living. So uh, <laughs> uh, this was a priority, but we do have other things going on. And uh, we have now decided to put our efforts towards bringing you more 
Nyan for the future. And uh, we're going to be launching a website. Woo! Yay! Yes, we have a website and we will have all of our podcast house there. We will also be featuring blogs from each of us so you can get to know about us better and our thoughts on the K-pop industry. And we can kind of um, go with you guys more on a um, more frequent basis about things that we find important. And also just other, you know, great things that are going to hopefully come come around soon with and adjacent to the website. So, you know, if you guys like the new things that we put out, we certainly will expand on that and add even more things um, for you guys. It's just kind of finding the time and the resources and the more support that we get for it, the easier it is for us to kind of keep going as well so yeah and I feel too like it'll be good to expand our opinions on k-pop and k-dramas k-beauty anime a lot of people find one of those things as gateways to other (laughs) other parts of that so uh I know we're all um interested in in the music aspect obviously so that's going to be always our our most important part k-pop but uh we will also be delving into other interests in Southeast Asia I guess uh and in Korea, and we hope that you guys enjoy the content and that you support us however you can for 2020 and the future. All right, guys, that sounds good. Uh, thank you for listening. I, I we're wrapping, gonna just wrap it up. Um, it has been a pleasure to bring in the new year with you all, even though technically that's not what happened. Um, <laughs> we, uh, you, yes, you can find us on different social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter at Nyan Edisons. That is N-Y-A-N-E-T-I-Z-E-N-S. You can find us on Instagram at Not Your Average Netizens. You can find us on Facebook and After Average Netizens, and you can find us on different podcast platforms, Spotify, Podbean, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, you can go and listen to our episodes. We really appreciate you all for coming through for us, and we really look forward to putting out more content and having you guys around more and engage with us and engage with us and interact with us and let us know what you want to hear. So if you have any questions, comments, or critiques, you can drop us a line at not your average netizens at gmail.com. And if that's all, I'm going to just say, going to ask you guys, do you have any shout outs this episode? Shout out to us because we're still here. Holla. <laughs> and also shout out to our listeners because they're here with us. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, shout out to uh, um, Golden Child. I feel like we haven't shouted out to Golden Child in a long time. Yeah, and Fantastic. they. Yeah. We watched one of the MVs we watched, or one of the performances we watched. It and included it wasn't a Golden bad. Child member. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to Ash. You wanna, do you have any shout outs? Um, shout out to Hyuna and Edon, I guess. I honestly think out of all the videos we watched, 
from the Gaios, theirs was probably the best or the most memorable. So kudos to them for that and for shoving their love in the face of K-pop fans everywhere <laughs> and not giving an F about it. So, yeah. Okay. I have a couple shout outs. Shout out to K-Tiger Zero. Always. Yes. Always. We they love were on, you guys. Um, K-Apocalypse's um, best, I don't know if it's albums or singles of 2019. They were on the list, so good for them. Wow. Udi Impact. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. It, there you go. So we hope you guys listen to this and, and come on the show. Yeah. Wow, y'all got real quiet. Yeah, y'all <laughs> oh, no, crazy. I was actually thinking of what to say, but yeah, no, you guys definitely, we would love to have legends like you on with us. So <laughs> Ash can sound more sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely love them, and I would love to interview them. So yeah, yeah, I would be fan. I would be in fan mode for for a little bit. I would get over it though. shout out to uh the mandalorian and baby yoda like we love you baby yoda Uh, that has become a phenomenon and it's over right yes we love baby yoda in this household uh shout out to my alarm going off right now and uh yeah that's it so bye guys thank you for listening to this episode and we will see you next time Happy New Bye, Year! Everybody. Bye! Bye-bye! Happy Decade! Bye.